Customers love options. Bike builders like options too. When you're looking for the highest quality plug and play lighting for your V-Twin, why not make the same choice as professional builders and make the switch to electric lighting? Electric lighting is the choice of builders like Dave Perowitz and Corey Ness. Even builders like myself have made the switch to electric lighting. Electric quality isn't just quality you can see, electric quality is quality you can feel. Did I mention that electric lighting was the first manufacturer to offer a lifetime warranty on all LED turn signals? Visit your local independent motorcycle shop or online at www.namscustomcycleproducts.com. As a lifelong mechanic, I figured I'd already tried every type of hand cleaner imaginable. From mom's dish soap to dad's pumice bars. From powders to lanolin-based cleaners. I was just about to give up, say forget it, and mix up my own concoction. But then I heard about Full Bore Hand Cleaner. Full Bore isn't just another hand soap. Full Bore is a hand scrub. Full Bore is formulated right here in the USA with features like soft abrasives, skin moisturizers, and special odor eliminators. So there's no need to rewash your hands before dinner. Full Bore also has no harsh solvents, and that means there's no sticky film left behind, and Full Bore won't irritate open cuts. When you're ready to get clean, go Full Bore. Visit FullBoreClean.com and enter the code GARAGEBUILT to receive free shipping on orders over $70. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Hell on Wheels Garage Built Podcast. I am your host, Jason Holman, and we are coming from the Garage Built Studio we built inside Cycle Stop USA in Lincoln, Florida. Uh, I've got an interesting one for you today. Uh, this is somebody that I did not know before we podcasted, and a friend of mine called me and said, hey, I've got a guy that I think would be a good um, interview for you, and he goes by the name Big Bone 1%, and he is uh, he's a club guy here in Florida, and um you can find him on Instagram at big underscore bone underscore O-F-F-O. When you go to his page uh, and follow him, you'll figure out why his name is what he is. But we talked about all kinds of different things that are tried to tie him into motorcycle-related. Um, some of what's going on with the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, a lot about motorcycle clubs because he's in the motorcycle club scene and he is a high-ranking officer in a club. And uh, you know what? Some of the stuff was maybe not regular stuff that we cover, but there's a lot of weird shit going on right now in our world and we touched on it. And I'm glad that we did. And you're going to hear some opinions that you probably don't like and I'm cool with that. You know, um, Everybody's got a different way of looking at things and like i used to say when we were selling cars that there's an ass for every seat and there's a seat for every ass and you know what if you don't like it that's cool i get it you know hopefully uh you have enough understanding of the way the world works to know that we don't have to agree on everything uh, but we have to respect each other's right to disagree so um without further ado i'm gonna start the program uh, but first i want to give a shout out to a couple of my friends in the motorcycle industry if you're building a bike right now and you are looking for some custom pegs some custom grips some custom covers other parts check out my buddy boosted brad online at deathmetalracing.com uh, he's got some fantastic parts his parts are made here in the united states 
Uh, he's got a lot of different things available on his deathmetalracing.com website, where you can follow him on Instagram at Boosted Brads. So, without further ado, I give you Big Bone 1%. I'm recording right now, but we'll okay. we'll have a lead in or whatever. So, uh, you go by Big Bone, right? Yeah, Big Bone One Percenter. Big Bone One Percenter. All right, very good. But um, I'll share a few things. That, yeah, like, go right ahead. We get going on just kind of give you a little. Oh shit, maybe I'm, I'm getting a little weird reverb. Is this cool? Yeah, yeah. You don't okay. you don't need them if you don't want them. Okay, cool. But um, so just to kind of give you a little. My, my background, which is, I'm old, so I got a lot of history. <laughs> um, but, um, so I've been on the set in the motorcycle community for, uh, oh, let's see, I want to say 17, eight, uh, 2020. So, yeah, so about 18 years, give or take. Right. And um, so, of course, I did like a lot of folks. Used to ride a little bit when I was a kid. Used to ride when I was in Marine Corps, a little something. Uh, then when I came to Florida, no kidding, uh, I got heavy in the motorcycles when I came into Matter of fact, I'll back up. So I went from <laughs> 1988 until 2015 with no driver's license whatsoever. I was rode all around the planet like I had 10 driver's license. And, um, you know, and every now and then you paid the price for it, depending on what town or what state or what country you're in. Or what, and, um, what activity you were involved right, in. Right, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, uh, so here in Florida, uh, so I hit Florida, what was it, about uh, 96, I get to Florida. And um, somebody tells me, hey, you know, if you're on a motorcycle, they don't really pay too much attention to guys on motorcycles here. I'm like, well, shit, that works out great because Florida, you know, it's, it's uh, you got 24-7, you know, fun time. But more importantly, you got 12 months of summer yeah. in Florida. Uh, you can ride 12 months out of the year. I'm like, okay. Uh, so I had a, a very interesting and lucrative business at the time. So I'm like, man, this is great. I'm going to get into motorcycles. So I kind of did. And, for, and I went for a good long stretch of time. With no issues, with no cops, no nothing. I'm like, man, this is it. And in the process of doing that, I just got really into the whole club thing. And um, I started a club. Uh, uh, what was that? Back in uh, uh, back in '05, I started a club. And that club started off as just like me and a couple of buddies and some neighbors in the area. And we're like, hey, you know, we want to ride motorcycles together. Right. And we did one time. Uh, back then, we went to a place called Quaker Steak over in um, you know in uh, Pinellas County. Uh, it's like a one of the hugest bike nights on the east yeah, coast. Yeah, that's the one in Clearwater, right? Yeah, in yeah. Clearwater. So I go to uh, go to Clearwater and I'm having a great time, me and my buddies, and I see there's something going on. There's a whole bunch of clubs here. And something was going on with these clubs and they kind of took a whole section, uh, often often to the cut, sort of like the whole back corner of a Quaker state was all these club guys. And, and you know, and at the time I'm relatively even though I knew a couple of little things right. here and there, I thought I knew stuff. Uh, I'm like, hey, I want to, what's going on? I, I kind of want in. Let me go see what's going on because that's the way my brain works. <laughs> so um, so I go over and I'm trying to like move my way in to see what's going on. And people are looking at me like I got three heads. So I literally say, hey, what's going on? 
and they say like, you know, like, like not saying what's going on, like, hey, how are you? What's going on? Like, what the hell is going on over there? I can't see what's going on, but everybody's paying attention to that over there. So the one guy says, no, 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 that's not for you. I said, what? What are you talking about? I said, no, 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 I want to see what's going on. The guy said, no, 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 that's not for you. And he looks like he leans over, looks at my back, and he notices there's nothing there. And he goes, no, 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 this ain't for you. He goes, this is for us. I said, who's us? He said, the clubs. This is for us. This is for the clubs. I'm like, well, damn, that, that's all right, fine. I'm like, I'm not trying to you know, bring no smoke or nothing like right. that. I'm like, okay, fine. So I'm at another thing, completely different location, whole bunch of clubs, a similar sort of a thing happens. I'm like, well, what the hell? You know, there must be something going on here. And the same, same exact sort of scenario. No, 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 this, this ain't for you. I'm like, and the, the area was a different area. Florida's a big biker state, a lot sure. of clubs in Florida. Um, and at that time, especially, there was a lot of stuff going on. So I decide, because I'm a genius, <laughs> I decide, well, because I'm nosy, and a genius. I'm, I'll just start my own club, and then that way I can see what the hell is going on over there. <laughs> and that was my way of thinking at the time. It was 2005. I, I don't know what the hell I was thinking. So anyway, but I actually started a club um, very much all the wrong way. But the neat thing was is that it clicked, got together some great guys, and it just grew, and it turned into this whole other thing. Uh, and in the process of doing that, I met the folks who, you know, good news, bad news, I met folks who – weren't real happy about the way I was doing things. So I learned some stuff, not even in a bad way, because, you know, I'm old school Marine Corps, so I'm like, sure, oh, you know, nobody's going to kick my ass, so we better have to talk about it. And it kind of turned into that. And um, then I got really into, man, I'm loving this. Uh, next thing you know, flash forward a lot of years, I've been on the set for a long time, met a lot of folks, did a lot of things, uh, you know. But uh, so now I went from that not really knowing a whole hell of a lot to being a, uh, what's that thing? Uh, one of my brothers calls me the biker encyclopedia. So, oh, right. Cause yeah. Cause I'm, I'm a student of this stuff. You know, it's like a prospect or a probie is the guy who's trying to, the new guy trying like a recruit, trying to work his way in. He's a, a potential member. There's a hierarchy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. ultimately, and, and there is, there's an order to things that it's outside of, of the realm of some, what some people have the ability to kind of just, organically no, but yeah. there's actually an order to it and there's a way Absolutely. and a mean and there's a respect thing a no matter what your background on is one of those uh one of those gangland tv shows as, as some guy from a club was uh he made this statement that man i, I found it so true he says man he says for a one percenter outlaw motorcycle club we've got more rules in the damn constitution i and, saw that and geez he was right but um the thing is when i say um when i talk about prospects what i mean is a prospect is the guy who his first and foremost thing, of course, is the follow instructions and all like that, but he's doing all that stuff so that he can learn how this stuff works. Yeah. And um, I've been doing this for a lot of years, and I'm still, I still thirst for the knowledge and the experience of stuff. Because if I'm, if I'm the smartest biker in the room and I know every dog, you got to get in the other room. Know, I got to get to another room because yeah. you know what? Because usually that guy who knows everything, usually he's the dumbest guy in the room. Usually. Well, yeah, he's the most ignorant. You yeah, know, absolutely. Yeah. You, there's something to that. Like, so I grew up in a very unique club situation, um, not in a club. Uh, my father was not in a club, but my father was um, uh, hung out with a lot of guys. I mean, you know, there was a lot of guys that had rag. We call them rags where I'm from. Yeah. There's a lot of rags, too. Yeah. OK, well, <laughs> probably being that, you know, yeah, there's yeah. that there's that connection. But um I've been around people like that my whole life. Right. And I always knew there was like, there was things you, you knew and things you didn't know, but there's something about the old biker that's in the room. Yeah. I find that there's a certain point where they're without even looking, they're peripheral. They know what's going on in the room. 
they, they can take the temperature of the room and they can control the temperature. It's like being able to control the thermostat from across the room. Yeah. It, it, there's, there's, it's organic looking, but it's not organic. It actually happens because of order and rule and That's respect. And, and, you know, and I do have a lot of respect for, uh, you know, it's mostly men because most of the clubs sure. are men, you know, and I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, disparaging to anything that's not, but when I see an RC, uh, and cause I'm, a, I've been in this business for so long yeah. that I've had my experience with an MC favorable and unfavorable. I've had my experience with an RC favorable and unfavorable. Sure. And then I've had the most unfavorable situations I've ever had in this business are with people that are not associated with anybody else. Yeah. And the times that I have had problems, there's an advocate within their group of people being say, Hey, this is what happened. And it usually gets worked out yeah. very amiably across everybody because we all need each other. Oh yeah. Ultimately there's <clears throat> safety in numbers. You know what I mean? And you know, if there was ever a time where people that disagreed about something because of rhetoric or history, now is the time where everybody needs to have some solidarity because yeah. equally, you know, there's, there's things that happen and there's laws that have been created to usurp the ability to do what clubs do. Yeah. You know, one of the, and it's, it's I love the fact that you, you kind of touched on that. Uh, Cause I actually have this conversation. It, it comes up a lot. Um, so a guy I know has this, uh, his, this bar, he went to a new location and uh, this is a great spot. It was a great spot before it's an even better spot now. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the reasons that he moved to this new location is because the police were really giving him a hard way to go uh, because of the fact that his, his, uh, his bar was uh, at the old location was biker friendly. So he's actually been put on, kid you not, uh, he was uh, approached by the gang task force and said that he's on the, uh, he's on the, the list, whatever, you know, I think I know what the list is, but he's on sure. the list. And, you know, and th- we're talking about a, a 60-something-year-old, uh, I, I want to say Vietnam vet. Entrepreneur. Um, 60-something uh, Vietnam vet, white guy, and, um, and they're giving him the, just all kinds of hell. So he relocated to a different area. So he, he uh, called me, wanted to talk about putting together some bike nights and making sure that um, he had good association with all the clubs in the area, which for the most part he did, but he also wanted to expand. You know, we talked all this sure. stuff. So one of the things that came up was I said, well, listen, I said, you know, you had all these problems with the cops and now they kind of want to force you to spend money to hire cops for security and all this other stuff. They're kind of doing it again. So what kind of problems have you had with, with, any of us, like, you know, whether we're talking about my club or, or clubs that, uh, that we deal with or any of that, like, what kind of problems? Sure. I said, how many times have you had to call the cops? He said, I've had no problems with any of you guys. You guys manage yourselves. You guys police yourselves. He goes, I've not had to call the cops, not one time ever. He's been in business for like eight years. He's never had to call the police, not one time on a bike night where there were clubs. The only headaches he's ever had is from some guy who watched Sons of Anarchy two or three times <laughs> and then comes here and wants to be that guy. I, you know? uh, I, but in real life, uh, <laughs> no, we, we take care of ourselves. I, I, I have a, uh, I'm reticent to, to even delve into that, but I feel like <laughs> it's, it, this is the appropri- appropriate place to even say it, that, uh, you know, I have a lot of, pe- I have a lot of people who, who come in and out of here. Mm. 
And uh, we're large. I mean, you know, my my main focus of, of business for the last 18 years has been Harley Davidson motorcycles. Sure. Um, and now that, you know, for a while, it was, we, we made sure that we took care of the victory crowd. And now we make sure, sure we take care of the Indian crowd. I mean, these right are on. American motorcycles. And, right on. you know, most clubs, you have to have an American motorcycle. Not all, yeah. but most. Yeah. You know, and, with the with the. On, on our level of things, it's an American motorcycle. Sure. Support clubs and some of the others, you know, it's a little more open about sure. that. But, yeah, as you were saying. So what I'm getting at is that you see these guys come in, and it's like they got a starter kit on. It's like they've got a <laughs> costume that they wear when they yeah, go riding. Yeah. And there's a very different set of – I can remember trying to explain to somebody that um, they were mad about uh, – it was a there was a 1% club, and this is a while ago, but this is a funny story – it was an older guy that was with an American Legion, mm-hmm. and it was a post-32. It was the one that my dad was belonged to. My dad, when he retired, he belonged to an American Legion Riders Post because, you know, there was guys to hang out with. Yeah, they would yeah. go to the fish fries. It was my dad's thing, you know. And uh, I was trying to explain. They had to come to our motorcycle shop to buy the patches. We had oh, the yeah. patches. So that's where they would come in, and they would get the patches from us. And right he on. was trying to tell me. That it was a three, that they wanted the bottom <laughs> rocker. I'm like, you yeah. can't have it. He's like, well, no, I can have whatever I want, you know. And I'm like, no, you actually cannot have that. There's there's an order to these things. And I thought it was kind of weird or off putting to me that I'm having to explain to these guys that there is an order to this stuff. And and I do, you know, when those dudes come in, I I clown on them a little bit, you know, I'm telling them, riding through this world. (laughs) I kind of do that. We had a guy that worked here that was part of a club. And uh, I was telling you earlier when we were, when you was giving me the tour that we had a, we've had a rough couple years. My dad, when my dad passed in, in 18, and then I had a guy working for me that was a military vet. He was, he was in a club. And um, it's not a 1% club, but it was just under that. I mean, yeah. I think they're, they're kind of working towards that. Gotcha. And he had worked for me 365 days, and on the 366th day, he was killed on his motorcycle oh. uh, by a, a drunk driver. Uh, com- completely not his fault, but he was uh, he was a great dude, and he was one of those guys that we used to, You know, he had like the yeah. – he had like a – he had like the daily guy, the daily yeah. Shane, and then there was the biker Shane. Right, I was right. just a clown on him about that. I'm like, this is I wear this. What you see me wearing right now is what I wear when I'm riding yeah. my motorcycle. I don't have like you know, <laughs> I have a helmet that I wear. No. Can't mess up my money maker. You right, know what right. I mean? <laughs> I'll tell, you know, it's so funny, but uh, and this is no kidding. So uh, uh, the place I mentioned earlier, um, uh, Let's Ride in, in uh, Hudson. Yeah. So, and there's the, the service center I was telling you about, but then the, the shop from whence it came was this apparel shop. And the thing with this apparel shop, you know, they got all kinds of, you know, helmets and jackets, real cool stuff. Sure. But the biggest, I, 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 I dare say the claim to fame over there is the whole upholstery thing. Because and, and, uh, this is in Pasco. So there are a bazillion uh, old motorcycle clubs, a, a lot of clubs. Sure. Serious, real, honest to goodness, legitimate clubs in Pasco County. And a lot of the places, everybody and their mother, club or not, they go to this place to get all of their stuff done. You know, sure. like upholstery, uh, or as you were, uh, the doggone... Um, the patches the, sewn uh, to get on. patch work yeah, done. Sure. Or to get embroidery done. That's the word. Uh, embroidery mm-hmm. or the patches and all like this. And I can't even begin to tell you how many times, uh, not Bob, but Lisa, his wife, who she's the one that actually does all the, you know, putting the patches on, conversation all the time she she i've walked in so many times she goes well you can't do it that way you know yes. you can't put that on she goes or well are you a one percenter 
or why do you want to put that on then? You, you don't want to do that. And like literally sometimes having a debate with some guy who walked in. That's a lost he saw it on He saw it on YouTube, so he thought it was cool. And now he wants it. And she's gonna, and she's just going to tell him, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Well, it's you like, don't have to do it. No, she don't. I, I, I don't see any tattoos, but that used to happen in tattoo studios too. Yeah, yeah. I can remember the first time I ever got up enough gumption to go into a tattoo studio. <laughs> I walked in. It was Ch- Johnny Detroit's Cherokee Tattoo on Ford yeah. Road in Garden City, Michigan. And I'm like, I'm going to go in. And so I finally, I get in there and, you know, you can hear the buzzing of the machine. And mm-hmm. back then, you know, it was a little taboo. This is, this is 20 some years ago. And I go in and I, I'm, I'm waiting for, you know, a break in the action where I can ask this guy a question. Yeah. And he just looks over at me real gruff. He's like, what do you need? And I'm like, I want to get a, you know, and yeah. he's like, what do you want that for? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, he goes, no, yep, get out. Oh, yeah. And that was it. I was like, okay, <laughs> next time when I go in there, I'm going to know exactly what I want and why I want it. <laughs> you know what? Oh, by the way, the tattoo. But he did favor, favor for me because that was going to be, I was completely oh, yeah. going to get a shitty tattoo. Man, let me tell you. <laughs> I had, uh, well, two things. One, on the tattoo thing. So in, uh, in my unit in the Marine Corps, the deal was you weren't allowed to have any tattoo that would identify you as being an American just in case. You okay. Know, like uh, in case you were caught somewhere where we weren't supposed to be, you know, whatever the, sure. the thing was. So, um, so I won't, I've only got two tattoos and both of those were consistent with what the instructions were with my unit, which were, if you're wearing what they call a, a class B uniform, which in, in encompass a, a short sleeve shirt like this, right? any tattoo you had had to be above the, above this sleeve, above this part of the sleeve and below this part of the collar. Sort of sure. like uh, sort of like Yakuza does it in Japan. Sure. Yeah. But like, so if I roll this up, boom, I got that. But I didn't get that tattoo, this Marine Corps tattoo, until after I was out of that unit. And over here, uh, the crucifix, and it's supposed to be. Then this is just some jailhouse type thing. But uh, every guy in my unit had the so, same thing. They were supposed to be holy thunder, so it was supposed to be a cross. It looks right. horrible. It's supposed to be a cross with like lightning bolts in it. I've seen that I was before, though. Real one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the whole thing. There. And I'm just now, and I'm, I'm old as dirt, and I'm just now uh, getting ready to. Get a certain uh, a certain couple of like uh, club related tattoos that I had to qualify for before I can get it. So yeah, you know, so I'm looking at doing that thing now. But um, but yeah, that, that's I'll tell you the other thing is that uh, going back to this whole Florida thing is that uh, when I was talking about the whole Proby thing earlier, the big deal is is that if you are a and again here I go with the motorcycle club stuff, but if you're moving or wanting to go in that direction. That's, and I have this conversation so much. The, the big thing is, man, slow down, shut up. You got two ears and one mouth. Or as you, what's that? Yeah, yeah, Ten, yeah. Two ears, uh, two holes for your ears and one for your mouth so you can listen twice as much as you talk. Yeah. Man, that's nothing but the gospel. But if you if you do, in Florida, you literally have the opportunity to learn some of everything because there's so many people that have been doing this for such a long time who at one point or another, they're either going to end up living in Florida, retiring in Florida, coming through Florida. And, um, and a lot of the uh, certain clubs here have been around for a long time. Yeah. There's one club in particular that has kind of, they've held sway for, for quite a long time. And that, you know, and, and it is just the way it is. And you go other places in the country, like where I'm from, there's over 35 clubs inside Detroit city limits. Oh yeah. And, and, all but one or two of them get along, party with each other, have a good time, 
And, you know, it was nothing to go to a Wednesday night food night at the clubhouse at the road agents on Joy right. Road. And there's a penetrator sitting there, an outlaw sitting there, uh, you know, a joker sitting there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and yeah. it was no big deal. It was that was what those guys did up there. So it was, right. it, th that scene was was really for me. It was I used to tease them and say, this isn't you guys. This is Kiwanis for like dirt balls. This is <laughs> this is a real, you know, you guys are all easy going old dude just smoking. You know, they yeah. couldn't they couldn't catch you if you started running. <laughs> I hear you. Now, I'll tell you the thing with um, now Florida, a uh, uh, really interesting thing with Florida. Uh, I'm going to censor myself a little bit. Sure. But um, the thing with Florida, um, and of course, and, and I understand what you said and what, you know, from yeah. whence you come. But really, there's actually, in the state of Florida, there's actually two main influences in the state of Florida. Yep. Uh, has been that way for the longest time. But depending on where you are, you might know about one, you might know about the other, and depending on how well entrenched you are, you might know about who both of who they are. Um, and it's a, I won't say a unique thing, but the, uh, the, the fashion in which it works in Florida is, is genuinely impressive. Um, it really it, is. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely is. And you know, and don't get me wrong. I, I pound the ground all over the country. Sure. And, um, actually after this COVID junk is over, I'm going to start doing it again. I'm, <laughs> I'm itching to ride, man. But, um, but it, it, it's it's a Florida thing. Florida's definitely got some very very cool things going on as far as this bike. We're such a big state. You don't realize yeah. what a big state we are oh, until yeah. you're here and you try to drive to the Keys. From, I mean, if you're going to drive to Pensacola, it's eight hours, nine hours. Or yeah, so. that's yep. that. You're still in the state. The only yeah. other state I know of that you can do that is Texas. Yeah, it's like you're ready to, to pull over and, and catch a nap or something, and you haven't even got you out of the state of Florida, of Florida depending yet. on where you left from. Yeah, you know, so that's a thing. But I'll tell you the other thing is that um. Here I go, all this bike. Well, hey, we're bikers. We're talking yeah, about biker stuff. We're good. Um, one thing, uh, I was talking to a guy from that other club. Um, actually, one earlier today, and another guy, um, we were over at uh, one of the houses just kind of chopping it up. But uh, the thing that we figured out is, man, you know, the rest of the world, there's some really crazy, insane stuff going on right now. There you is. Know? Like there's the... There's a civil rights movement 2.0 going on, and you know, and the cops have been killing folks for a long time, but now the rest of the planet gets to see it. So it's all of this stuff, and people are emotional, and people are upset. The world's hurting, but guess what? In the biker community, even though of course everybody's concerned about all of sure. those things, the problems that a lot of the rest of the world experience doesn't actually filter into the the, the, the MC culture, what we call Mick culture or MC yeah. culture. You know, it just doesn't it doesn't affect us. In regard in the same to way at all. Do. Yeah, no, not at all. It hurts us just as much. I mean, I, yeah. I, I we can touch on that. I, I think we should. I think yeah. that when you have two guys from very different backgrounds that are that have similar wants and needs and, and we have the similar ability to try to invoke, you know, good vibes into whatever situation we're in, you know, yeah. we're going to find ourselves in the same room many times over. Um, we've got to look, man, I I try to tell people when I grew up, because I grew up, I lived in the city of Detroit until it was time to go to school because there wasn't any good schools. Yeah, we moved out yeah. of there. I mean, that's a common thing, whether it doesn't yeah. matter who you are, oh, what yeah. your background is. If you've got good parents that have means to do so, yeah. they don't keep you in Brightmore. It just right. doesn't happen. Right. You understand? And then, you know, but aside from that, I mean, I, I grew up lower middle class. Yeah. And so it was. I was in tough situations and had to fight my way home from school and yeah. all those things that, that make you – uh, of of a stronger ilk, if yeah. you will, you know. I mean, a little bit. Of, it takes pressure to make diamonds, right? Yep. But having conversations about, I, I don't have bike bikers. Don't have these. We don't we don't do this to each other. 
We don't yeah, put that on each other. It's, you know what it is? It's, uh, there's rules. And I'm not saying that every now and again, uh, this club and that club or this guy and that guy, because nine times out of ten, That's the stuff that happens is. is there's this guy from that club and that guy over there from that club, and they're banging the same chick. And <laughs> now, now all of a sudden they want to get mad about it and they want to involve their whole entire, uh, the, their whole entire chapter and state and all this kind of stuff. And, and it's pretty silly. Um, but, but that happens. Now, the mm-hmm. neat thing is, is that uh, the smarter of us can differentiate that real quick and squash all of that silliness. More diplomatic, yeah. more then, even tempered, more the, level headed. The crazy thing is, and I, I use this expression, which uh, some people hate, but I'm like, hey, it's this biker shit is jailhouse rules. It, all, it's all about respect. Yeah. You know, uh, and then a little their respect with a big dash of CYA. And like, uh, and what I mean by that is, is that if, um, if there's an important conversation that needs to be had, like I can talk to this guy and this guy can talk to me. But if it's something that somebody might get it twisted up or something like that, I'm going to call somebody to, to come over. I need one of my guys to hear this conversation being had while I'm having that conversation with somebody else. Yeah, so and, um, they can parse it out and go, hey, I don't really yeah. think he meant that. Or, or more importantly is when later on, if, if this other There's person no, he says, said, she oh, said. well, this guy said it was thir- – I'm being facetious. Sure, but, yeah, I know um, exactly. But the guy from, uh, from over there said, hey, it's, uh, it's Thursday, 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 but me – this guy and his guy all heard Wednesday. So now we got three different people saying it's Wednesday. So nobody's looking at me crazy thinking, I don't know the days of the week. I, right. You know, and I'm, I'm again, yeah, I'm, you're just, paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing. But uh, the other thing is uh, respect because every, t- I'll give you a perfect example. And this comes up a lot. Um, and one of the first things that I teach uh, like prospects, the, the new guys that hang around probate, probate, whatever um, is, Hey, if you see, that guy with that patch, and you see that guy with that patch, or any two guys or any three guys, whatever, a bunch of patch members are having a conversation about something, and they're not talking to you. Guess what? They're not talking to you. Stay the hell out of it, and do not interrupt. Yep. So if you need to, uh, if you've just got something super important to say to that fella, then you know, stay somewhere where he maybe can see you, but don't be so close that you can hear what they're talking about. And once he's finished having that conversation, if he makes eye contact with you or needs to tell you, then at that point – He'll let you know. And guess what? That's uh, something that I instill with probies because of the fact that's something that everybody else does down the line. I don't give a damn whether you've been in the club 20 minutes or 20 years. It's the same thing. Don't interrupt two grown men while they're talking, which is kind of sort of just like good manners. I was just going to say, yeah. I mean, why, is you know, that, why does that have yeah. to be biker etiquette? Why yeah. can't that just be etiquette? <laughs> but, you know, the crazy thing is, though, I promise you, that is it, because outside of the, the motorcycle club community, I see people with the worst manners in the world. I, I'm going to tell you, honestly, some of the most well-mannered, well di- most disciplined individuals, when they elected to be that, um, are bikers. Because, you know, we have a, a system for doing things. You know? yeah. And there's always somebody who, you know, if you just completely just show your ass and screw something up, you know, maybe your brothers aren't going to, you know, chew you out in front of God and everybody or something like that, but... But if, if, if you're a dumbass, you will know about it. And yeah, you're going to know about it to the fashion, to, to the extent that you're never going to want to be that dumbass again. I, I have to tell you, and, and you brought it up, so I'm just going to, yeah. I'm going to play to it. Um, I have a, I have five friends. Mm. Okay. I have a lot more friends than that, but I have five guys that are my dudes. Yeah. These are my dudes. Right. And, and <clears throat> my five aren't the same as. The other guys in my crew is five. You right. understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not yeah, like there's yeah. only five dudes. Sure. Plus sure. me. It's I have five dudes that I rely on. Right. And uh, I have a friend of mine that 
ironically enough, we're talking about club stuff. I have a friend who was murdered three years ago oh. by a 1% club. Gotcha. It was a hit. Okay. I mean, it's been widely publicized. Okay. So last weekend was his birthday, and my best friend is his brother. And uh, we, me and a couple of my, my dudes decide, hey, look, let's surprise him. We're just going to fly in for the memorial. It's a tough time for him. Yeah. So we do that. We land in Dallas. We drive three hours to Abilene. Got we go there, right? Surprise the hell out of him. He's super excited. Well, one of my guys that was with me, Got a, went a little hard in the paint, for lack of a better term. Yeah, and yeah. so when we came home, there was a conversation. Ha- now, remember, he's not one of my other guy's five guys. Okay. He's gotcha. an invited guest. And my right. rule is you're an invited guest until I take you somewhere and that person invites you to come back without me. Right. And, and right. that's just that's yeah. just the way I am, man. That, I hold that my friends sense. to a really high standard. And, and because my friends have a key to this place. My right. friends know where my guns are. My friends know right. where my money is. You don't understand what I'm saying? Right. Like, that's right. important to me. Well, they're, you call them friends. We call them brothers. Yeah. Because well, you know what I mean? But yeah, I'm with you. I'm, yeah, I'm with you. So th- these guys are, are like that. But, I, you know, they're my five dudes. And so I had a couple conversations with some of the guys who were there. And my guy that went a little hard in the pain, I had to... I had to send him a, a, a nasty gram, and it was a pretty long one, yeah. and it was well thought out and articulate, and it was just about self-control, and, you know, I expected, I gave him, I didn't give him an ultimatum, I just right. told him, look, this is what's going to happen, yeah. you're going to do this, and he had to, you know, he had to make nice, it's just a respect thing, I'm not trying, yeah. you know, I'm not telling somebody what to do, yeah. but I'm telling you, look, man, I'm responsible for you, if you take me somewhere, I'm, you're responsible for, Oh yeah. you know, I'm responsible for my own actions to right. you, but you, all your friends and your brothers oh, yeah. will be like, Hey, <laughs> check it out. Oh yeah. This dude needs to bounce. You know, he's not, you know, and, yep. and so, but I came up in a system like that, a, a system, uh, it's not a cancel culture, but it was literally like, look, you, you're not ever allowed here again. Right. Like, so right. I, it never happened to me, but yeah. I saw it happen. Not, oh man, I've and, seen it. And, and I don't want it to be like I've that. I've seen it happen not that long ago. Right. No, I've seen, shit, I've, I've seen it happen Actually, to be honest with you, I've seen it happen more often with with women uh, than with guys, uh, because you know what happens. Especially again, we're in Florida, a bunch of pretty girls and stuff. Yep. So, a pretty girl, there's a, some sort of a get together going on, and uh, the pretty girl shows up, and because she's used to going to, you know, uh, whatever club in Ebor, and you know, everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, such a, such a pretty girl," and they're gonna, you know, regular Joe Blow guys fawn over her. Oh yeah, they're gonna you know, fall all over and jump through hoops to just to get her to look at him and that whole thing. And then you got bikers who are kind of, you know, we're conditioned to having, thank God, thank God for motorcycles. I think that's why God invented motorcycles. Right. So the ugly guys like me can get <laughs> did, did, did God you know, invent motorcycles? Or yes, did God? yes, God did. I was, I was talking on the to eighth him. day? That's right. On the eighth day, he says, where the hell is my Harley? <laughs> oh, wait, I didn't make it. I right. crank that out right now. <laughs> and then he says, I'm going to wait a while to do that yeah. Milwaukee 8. They don't need it just yet. Exactly. Yeah. That, that wasn't for cavemen. You know, you had to wait a while. Yeah, we had to be but, a little um, more refined. But, you know, the thing is, so there's a bunch of hot girls running around. and uh, But in, the, in this environment, they're always around. And there's guys that are used to that. They're conditioned to that. So when you see this girl who is not used to our environment, and, and she's, she's used, used to, to being a super hot girl, and she comes out. And she wants to act up or get drunk or do whatever craziness that she ordinarily does. And someone checks her and she gets her little feelings hurt. And then the, it always ends up the same way at the end of the night. And by the way, don't ever come back while she's being shown the door. And, um, but that's, 
again, that goes right back to that whole respect thing. One thing, and this is a total sidebar, some women love it, some women hate it. Well, women that know it are, are cool with it. People that are from outside the world, like when they hear about property of or POs Well, they or conflate whatever. that with something else. Well, yeah, yeah, they, they don't actually know what it means. But what I can tell you um, adamantly, this is a environment. Here we go with this motorcycle club stuff again. But the MC environment is where... It, it, with a proper club, I'll say it like that, with proper clubs, and you kind of touched base on it a little bit earlier. Um, so proper clubs don't have women in those clubs. Um, there are organizations, um, RCs, and even MCs that are all women, and there's, uh, there's you know, and that's, that's its own yeah. thing. There's nothing wrong with that at all because uh, I can tell you some, some of these women are just as solid as any, any brother you ever met before, so nothing wrong with women. I'm not anti-women, but a proper club, MC, means moving club uh, means a moving company if you're a prospect but it means man's club if you're a man yeah. and you're a patch member we joke about that but what happens is this is the environment where men are men and women are actually glad about it because you know nowadays you know and you know, i'm getting ready to hurt a whole bunch of people's feelings no, I mean, toxic masculinity is, a, is yeah. an oxymoron i don't like it yeah i, I have two daughters and a yeah. beautiful wife i'm the man of the house right on there's things that are expected of me and i will tell you there's things that I expect of my wife. It's exactly. not a sub-dom relationship. I don't look exactly. at my wife like that. I respect my wife very right. much. Everybody but, has their role. Yeah. And the thing is, and here I go with this, but, but you know, women and men, no matter how much, uh, you know, and you're right, that toxic mas masculinity is something that it's I don't know. It's a jumbo shrimp. It up, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it's, it's the goofiest thing ever. Because no matter what, men and women are inherently different. And that doesn't, that's not a bad thing. We just are Biologically, different. Biologically, we are <laughs> different. Exactly. <laughs> certain, we have, men have certain tendencies that testosterone uh, suggests, and, and women have estrogen. For a good and reason. They do whatever they do. Absolutely. Because if it, if, um, if it wasn't that way, we'd never procreate. But so the thing is, so women, a lot of women, I've, I've talked to uh, that might write in because they read an article, or I might talk to them in a, wherever the hell I happen to be, and the conversations come up. Uh, but a lot of women say, hey, I, and people go, oh, you like the bad boys. That must be the bad boy. No, women like men that are actually act like men. So, like, if I'm running around with uh, skinny jeans on so tight that, I, that my scrotums die and, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and you know, with uh, my pink flowered shirt. If you got and, shoes um, on, you can't run in. Yeah, You got yeah, you know, pants on, you can't fight in. If I'm like this, this super-duper sweetheart uh, and, you know, I'm all – you know, and there's nothing wrong with having feelings, but if I'm all touchy feely and let's let's watch the the Notebook and cry together, guess what? I do like the Notebook. Yeah, <laughs> I got it. All right, all right. It was, no. I, I dig the concept of it. All right, yeah. I like it too. But you know, I had to I had to give a shout out to the, right. the Notebook. But you know, the thing is though is that if uh, most women inherently want someone that they can feel protected by, that they can communicate. I mean, obviously, you know, of course, communicate with them, but. Women want a guy who's actually going to handle business, God forbid, if it ever happened. Uh, if something went wrong, they want a guy who's going to step up and make them feel like, man, thank God I'm a woman because he's a freaking man. Well, you know? yeah, I mean, you know, things and, go bump in the night sometimes. Yeah, and yeah. I can tell you, so I can tell you a really funny story, actually. <laughs> so I, first off, just so you know, this is how dumb I am. I, you know, <laughs> I, like I, there's some things I'm hyper intelligent about and yeah. I trick people with words. I love $10 words, right? Yeah. But halfway through the notebook, I'm like, 
James Garner's Noah. I thought there was two <laughs> two completely different arcs, story arcs going on. I'm like, I'm an idiot. My wife looked at me. She's like, are you broken? <laughs> but That's so, great. Uh, it, you know, I, and I tell people that you need to find somebody who uh, you, you shouldn't complete somebody. People should come com- complete in a, a, a proper relationship, friendship, whether it be with a spouse or a good brother or whatever, yeah, yeah. has to equal 100. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So sometimes you bring twenty, they bring eighty. Sometimes you bring sixty, they bring forty. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so I'm twenty years old, moved out of my house, king dangling. You know, <laughs> think yeah. I'm cool. I got a Mustang, and you know, and I, you know, I'm I'm just the the bee's knees. I'm home Mustang on a Mustang. Does it though? You yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> so I'm home on a Saturday. Carload of dudes drive by way too fast in my neighborhood. For whatever reason, that's always been a trigger for me. So I yell <laughs> right at them. They stop. We exchange some unpleasantries. They leave. They come back about an hour later. I'm still in the street drinking a beer. Like eight dudes get out and absolutely beat the living shit out of me. Ouch. Now, mind you, there's some dudes hanging out that were my friends. Yeah. Two of them stayed out and kind of held their own. Three of them went in the house. Oh, wait, left you? Yeah, not oh. my friends anymore. Yeah, yeah. But my wife, who at that time was my girlfriend, mm-hmm. was a four-time national champion Taekwondo on the Olympic team, the whole deal. She was on the Olympic team when it was a one of those uh, exhibition sports before oh, yeah, it was actually yeah. a medal deal, right? Yeah. But she'd been on ESPN and all this stuff. Oh, wow. She is out there throwing down wow. while I'm it, surprising the hell out of these dudes, too. These are big <laughs> dudes. They beat the living crap out of me. And I got beat up bad, but so I tell people find somebody that like that's that's a ride or die kind of yeah, chick, right? absolutely. <laughs> We're you know here absolutely. we are. Uh, we've been together twenty nine years, I think. Wow, yeah, that's we've strong. been married twenty six. I always liked her. I've never met her or nothing, <laughs> yeah. but whoever she is, I always yeah. liked her. She's gangster, dude. I need to be her buddy so she don't beat <laughs> and me up. She weighs one hundred and one hundred and twenty <laughs> pounds, and she's sweet as can be, a little right. blonde. You know what I mean. <laughs> See that's the way. It's, it's the it's that's that whole ninja thing. She can sneak up on you with that whole. You know, she can. We thing. play the scare game at home, and every time we do that, she throws haymakers. I'm like, hey, uh, you, you <laughs> one of these times you're going to connect with me. But there, you know, toxic masculinity is a, is a farce. It's it's a fallacy. I think it's yeah. you know. You have to do what's expected of you, no matter what the task is. Right. End of. See, you know, you have to answer the call when you're put in a situation and you have to be with somebody who has the ability to answer the fucking oh, yeah. call. You know, I think what, what happens in regard to the toxic masculinity is that a lot of women and some women are, well, the culture right now, especially, uh, we're in a cancel culture, right? Well, now. yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it's getting like way, uh, sometimes, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that a guy needs to go, uh, needs to be sexually harassing women. Or no, not. I'm not, ta- I'm not no, talking no, about no. that, but what happens is we've got a culture where, uh, Women and and some men who are trying to co-sign everything uh, that these women say to just keep themselves in a popular light, but the, you know, <laughs> You're so like yeah, about what a male feminist, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Those are guys that can't get laid by, by normal so, means, like yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're you know that part, but um, I couldn't have said it better. But you know, the thing is though, is that so what they do is they take the example of a guy who's literally not toxic who does not have one ounce of toxic masculinity because it's not a real thing. But what they do is they'll say they'll find some guy who's just an ass or is very rude or very stupid and say, see there, 
No, there's there's a difference between him just being stupid. That guy doesn't and represent rude. everybody. Exactly. Just like she doesn't represent everybody. Exactly. Woman. And you know, and you've got these guys who um, who nowadays uh, like here lately because of the what they call it the the Me Too movement. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, I dig the idea of women being able to say, hey, man, you can't, you know. You can't take advantage of me while I'm trying to do this job. Get a job. That, I agree that, with that. That's fair enough. <clears throat> but not every single guy who's ever, you know, like, because I, I think the concern is, is that what we don't want or what I don't want is a uh, overreaction from everybody on the planet. Like, uh, let's say, like, some guy goes out on a, on a date with some girl and he has to sit down and have a very awkward conversation. Like, excuse me, I would like to compliment you now. Can you sign here? Yeah, you know, no, we don't need that. that. Yeah, that you know, that's, that's corny. That's corny. It's not natural. <laughs> no, not at all. And there's, there's, there's things, there's, there's, uh, we call, I call them assumptions. Yeah. You yeah. assume that certain things are going to happen in certain order. And yeah. when those things don't happen in order, yeah. I mean, if you're being disrespectful to somebody, they're not going to respond to you in yeah. a favorable manner. Right. That's, that's common sense. That's not, that's, yeah. you know, and I, my dad used to say that you call it uncommon sense because if it was common, <laughs> everybody would have it. Right, but right. I, you know, <clears throat> I don't know if you have kids, but I have two yeah, daughters. Yeah. Two I daughters, have, same thing. I have very attractive young daughters that I've taught them. Yep. I taught them like, you know, I probably overtaught them on things, but they've both been able to to handle themselves yeah. in in clutch situations because they've both been in clutch situations. Yeah. When my daughter turned when my oldest daughter turned eighteen, she got on a plane and she started traveling around working auto shows. Oh, right on. And you know, and so she was a a, a, a spokesperson for um Fiat motor car oh, yeah, company. Yeah. And she you know, she got a decent amount of accolades for that. And while she was working, it was really good. But when the auto show was over at night, she in downtown Philadelphia had oh, to yeah, walk yeah. from the venue gotcha. to the hotel. Yeah. That takes a little bit of gumption. That takes a little bit of stones. That takes a little bit of yeah. self-confidence. It takes a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. And I also taught them how to be aware of what's going on. Good. Good. You know, so when, when I was being, uh, you know, chastised by other parents because uh, my daughter and I went to buy my 55 Cadillac under a street light at 10 o'clock at night on a Tuesday. With uh, She had $1,800 in her pocket, yeah. and I had her counted out on the hood. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a bad lesson. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, it, it was it, a situation that I was no, in no, control of. But the, the, only situa the only thing about that that I have any problem with at all is that at nighttime you can't always see stuff. On the car, but uh, but aside from that, you know that that's just a that's just a. If you ever bought it, because I've done that before, bought a car. Yeah. It was nighttime and I couldn't see stuff. And then the well, next this is day a fifty-five, I so I was oh, like, yeah. I you know, there's no no wrong way. It to wasn't do that. Gonna, yeah, it wasn't going to be perfect anyways. But yeah. my point is, is that we, you know we have to continue to to move forward. Yeah. And um, President Obama said something to me one or not to me rather, but said something that I heard that struck me that it always stayed with me that he's not turning a battleship. He's turning an aircraft carrier and mm. they don't turn at the same rate. Right. Absolutely. Right? So you've yep. got, he yep. said, you've got to make sure you don't just jerk the wheel <clears throat> and create a problem. Right. Right. So we've got to kind of move like all these things that people want to have happen. These social justice warriors and the people, the Antifa and the black lives matter and all of these things are so important, yeah. and people like to say to me all the time, you shouldn't talk politics, you shouldn't talk religion. <laughs> Those and are I my say, favorite things to talk. I, absolutely, <laughs> and here's what I say. Always talk politics, always talk religion, but listen to understand, do not listen to respond. Yep. 
listen to what your brother has to say because, number one, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yep. Right? Yep. And you don't have to respond. How about that? How about listen, disagree with somebody, and yeah. bury that shit, and yeah. don't make it a problem. Oh, man. You know, I have That's never... I think it was Andrew Jackson said, I've never considered... A matter of uh, difference of opinion of politics or religion as a reason to withdraw from a friend. Yeah, yeah. Man, if we all thought the same thing, if you and I agreed on absolutely everything, one of us is useless, yeah. right? Well, you know, the, the world has changed in this regard. When, I'm, when I was a kid, when you were a kid, um, you remember people used to say that, especially in, in uh, larger forms of uh, media at the time, Sure, um, it was considered very... Impolite. There's a, a comedian who makes this joke about, about yeah. So anyway, so I'm banging my wife, right? And I got her in the closet, and I got her, and she, we're doing this. Uh, yeah, hey, he by says, the way, who you, you vote for? for? Oh, whoa, 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 hey, hey, that, hey, that's yeah. kind of personal, yeah, right there. Uh, that's Chappelle. I'm trying to, yeah, yeah Chappelle's the best comedian, one of the best comedians goes, ever. Hey, I'm trying to tell you about banging my wife, and then you go you get can go personal, ask, ask me about, about politics. who I'm going to vote. Yeah. yeah, right. And but that's the thing, and and in that, so now, and and I understand. I, I see rather where over over the several decades where it because of because of the way the world is because of the way that the media is because like when I was in the Marine Corps when I first went in the Marine Corps there was CNN and that was it you know we had one news channel now there's 24 hour news channels and all well, this CNN stuff. was the so, first 24 hour yeah news absolutely channel. absolutely we used to watch CNN like 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 <clears> MTV junkies. oh yeah yeah. I mean, you'd watch it the same as you'd watch MTV. It was yep. 24 hours of music and oh, yeah. 24 hours of news. And you could, you know, and you'd get, at that point, uh, there was legitimate information that, you know, there was uh, all this opinion-related stuff that didn't exist at the time. But I guess my point is this, is just that I understand whereas politics has become much more... Uh, much more it's polarizing. The, it is very polarizing, but it's more in the mainstream now than it's ever been in the entire history of the of the planet. Um, the problem is, is, is going back to what uh, the Andrew, uh, I think it was Andrew Jackson. Wait, who'd you say made that? I think point? it was Andrew Jackson. That okay, said. it was him or Thomas Jefferson. But Jefferson that's the thing. It's like if you have to, Maybe if it, was if it Jefferson. gets to the point to where you have to um, fall out with a so-called friend because of politics, then there, that means two, one of a couple of different things. Either a weren't friends to begin, to begin with. with or B <clears throat> or, or B, you know, you need to, you need to reevaluate what you need to hug. Yeah. There's something, you know what you I mean? Something. I mean, you need to have a conversation with somebody. You need to talk about what the problem is. Yeah. Because if that person is genuinely your friend, then you guys probably, I mean, you were friends for a reason. So you got to figure out what that was, but like, I'll give you a, for example, like, uh, and, and by the way, it's okay to cut some people loose because it's not so much because of politics, but what politics are doing now, what, what, uh, what we're seeing nowadays, toxic of, behavior. Well, yeah, well, I'll give you a, a, for example. So like right now there's uh, I have this, this buddy of mine, uh, Cisco, I'll use his name. No big deal. But, um, my boy, Cisco, he and I don't agree on dick when it comes to politics. <laughs> uh, we don't. But he was also, uh, years ago, for a, a club I was in a long time ago, he's a sergeant at arms. Uh, we've, I mean, we've been in the paint together. I mean, we've, we've thrown down together, like, you know, back-to-back type stuff. And we can't agree on anything. He freaking can't stand uh, Barack Obama. I can't stand Donald Trump. And we go back and forth about this stuff. 
he and I can do that. But like if we're on Facebook and we start doing that stuff and other people start calling him names or calling me names, just, now we got to cuss him out. Now, now, now we got to, you know, drop the politics for a minute and go cuss that guy out. Cause he don't have the privilege to disagree like he and I do. And that's what I'm talking about. We yeah. have those circles, right? Yeah. We have yeah. a friend, we had a friend that came that used to come into the shop all the time. Mm-hmm. The guy worked for me. Right. And his buddy used to come and hang out and he was kind of, he was kind of an idiot, right? Yeah. We were somewhere and someone called him an idiot. And my buddy was like, Hey, that's my idiot. You don't get to right. call it. Right. That's, there's a metaphor in there, but I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. You know, it goes back to earning your bones uh, yeah, and, right. and what you're supposed, you know, you've got, you've got to come correct. Right. You've got to earn that. You've got to earn the right to disagree with me fervently and, you know, in my face. And, right. I, I, you know, if, I, if you're my friend, I love you. I want to hear what you have to say. Right. Even if we disagree. And see, your friends are the ones that can really get, well, once upon a time, it was your friends who could get you the most upset with disagreements because you actually care what they think. Yeah. When a stranger becomes, uh, dis- disagrees with you, that's okay. And then they get disrespectful about the whole thing. Or that's you have totally these people different. that just Those take this. Those are two this different to- things. Oh, yeah. Disrespect and disagreeing is two totally the, the thing I love about, um, about the, the temperature of the country today is that for me anyway, it's, it's really helping me to identify people who, um, well, I'll just say it. Um, I, I'm able to identify. I think you're going to say what, I'm, what I've been saying for yeah. weeks. Well, I think that, uh, like, there's some folks that are legitimate racists who have been hiding in the, yes, in the shadows it's bringing, for a long time. There's no more of this covert bullshit oh, yeah. hiding in the corner being a racist. Yeah. It's like you, you're. They're encouraged to, to just show your ass and say what you and mean. I and I think that's the brilliance of where we're at right now. Yeah. I think that. I don't, I have, you know, I have from a business standpoint or from a numbers standpoint, it's, it's easy to, if you can peel away the layers of yeah. emotion and sure. go, you know what, business-wise, Donald Trump's probably the more qualified guy. Um, mm. From a negotiation standpoint, Donald Trump's the more qualified guy, depending on what you want negotiated, right? Right, right. Okay, is he a leader? No. Yeah. Does, I don't think he wanted to be one, but... <laughs> I think he wanted to be the president. I think that's yeah. exciting for a guy I like think that. I mean, that's the like last cool feather idea. you can put in your cap when you're yeah. that guy, right? I mean, he's run out of Eastern European women to impregnate. You know who I feel you, sorry you know for? I, mean? I, I feel it's, it's really kids. sorry for Melania because I think she just wanted to get like a sugar daddy, you know, and, a, and get her an anchor baby. So she got her anchor baby. She got her sugar daddy, and then this so and so decides to run for president. She's like, "Whoa, whoa, wait a minute, Donna, what are you doing?" Yeah, she goes, "I did that want this." So yeah, you know, like, now oh, she's the the first lady. But I think <laughs> I think we have to find humor in it. Yeah, let's use because I I I really I said it before. You're either you're either a faucet or a drain. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, um, and so you get that choice. You want you want to drain everybody of what what's going on, or do you want to add to it? you know, in a positive, positive right. manner. I, you know, here's the thing. I, I, they, they say there's the black lives matter movement, right? right? It's a real movement. Right. And I'm, I grew up in Inkster, Michigan. Okay. Okay. So right. I, it's a predominantly black town. Right. So right? This, this stuff ain't foreign to you. This is, this is, let me tell you why okay. this is, is because we didn't have those problems. You know, okay. I just, I had, I had good friends. You know, right. Mrs. Alexander was as tough on me as my mom was. Right. She didn't care that I was a white kid coming to her oh, house. No. When if I, say, I parked my ba- bike on her grass, right. she came out and chewed my ass. Oh, no, no, I, I mean? don't mean, I don't mean the, I don't mean the 
personal relationships between neighbors and like that, which is fantastic, by the way. And I think most people in the, in the country are kind of sort of like that, depending on where you are, even in, even in uh, neighborhoods in the South and like that, ex- to a point. I guess what I was talking about is, and here's where it happens different, forgive me for interrupting, no. but what I know is uh, when you've heard about the talk, everyone's hearing about the talk here lately. I was, uh, let me get it right now, I was, uh, I was about 30-something, and uh, my daughters, you, you mentioned, my daughters, thank God, are both gorgeous, but they're both <laughs> nerds, which, um, and they'll listen to this later, it's not like I don't tell them, thank God you're right. a nerd, because they know I tell them that all the right. time, because, you know, because they're gorgeous, and I want to keep the boys away, they're into their books and all this other kind of nerdy stuff, and I dig that, but right. anyway, um, but I was in my 30s, and my daughters were pretty young, and I remember this guy telling me, uh, he was one of my neighbors, and he made the joke about, oh, man, he says, you better go get your shotgun. I said, oh, I'm a member of the Shotgun of the Month Club and all like this, that, and other thing. He goes, yeah, you know, them little fellas are going to be after him. You're going to have to have the talk with them. Here's where it got interesting. He's like, you're going to have to have the talk with them. I'm like, man, I've been having that talk with my daughters since they were old enough to go outside and play by themselves. Yes. And he goes, what, really? Those little girls? And I said, well, yeah. <laughs> And so we had a, and I remember our conversation went on for another five minutes before I realized that when he was saying the talk, he was actually talking about the birds and the bees. I had no freaking clue what he was talking about. So amongst white people, the talk is, you know, like dating and the birds and the bees and that kind of stuff. Amongst blacks and Latinos, the, the, the talk is. Police. When you go outside, police, if you're in the wrong neighborhood, there's uh, these things like depending on what state or what area you're in, there's certain areas that you're not supposed to be in either by yourself or after the sun goes down. Like literally, there's a town called Chief, Chiefland here in Florida that was a uh, very famous sundown town. And, a sun, and like my friends now, even uh, some of my white friends, every now and again we'll get in a conversation with sundown town. What the hell is that? Oh, that means that's a town where if you're black, you're not allowed to be in the city limits when the sun goes down, he said, oh, there's no such thing. That doesn't exist now. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it literally, and, and, and I don't mean it's. Uh, no, no, I know exactly you know what, what I mean? you're I don't mean like, the, it's, like it's going to be a city ordinance in a newspaper. That's just no, understood in some places. It thing. actually has been on the books. Like in Chiefland, it was, they have a sign. There's an actual sign uh, up, and I forget how it's, they have a couple of different real racist signs in Chiefland. And I've been hearing about this. This, uh, you know, but this is Florida. I mean, this is where uh, people talk about a lot. We're hearing about Black Wall Street uh, in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma in like 1921 or 1923. I think it was and um, how Black Wall Street was destroyed and they literally dropped bombs on the place and uh, the white folks from next town over burned it to the ground and all this bad stuff. And th- folks think, oh, my God, that was a terrible, terrible thing that happened once. It didn't happen once. That's happened so many times. We're like right here in Florida about. 35, 40 minutes from where we are right now uh, it was a town called Rosewood. They even made a movie about it with, um, I think, Bing Rames was in the movie. But uh, Rosewood, a very prosperous town here in Florida, and they burned that sucker to the ground. And uh, there, there was a, a few, just a, a small number, like little children and a couple of adults who survived that thing. And um, the uh, I think uh, it was a few years ago, the state of Florida um, gave like an official apology to the to the uh, to the descendants from that, and I'm like, eh, you know, that's great, but everybody in their family is dead now. You know, yeah. What are you gonna so, do? So yeah, so it's like this posthumous apology that yeah. nobody that's alive, nobody that was involved in it's alive. It's like um, I'm not an apologist. Right. I, I right. didn't grow up. I didn't. Right. I grew up white because I'm yeah. white, and I realize now that 
there were some things that I was I was able to avoid, but I will tell you, hand to God, there were some things that I was able to avoid because of my ins because of being insulated from them from some of my black friends. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Okay, yeah. So Mark Alexander, for one, is a guy that. And the funny thing is, is his nickname is Dark Mark. That's what he calls him. Like <laughs> yeah. literally, that's no. What I he got call you. But he he looked after me. He was four years older than me. He yeah. graduated in '88. I graduated in '91. Okay, he, or three years older than me. He always looked after me. Right, gotcha. we were in the same neighborhood. Like it right. was no big deal. That's when I was telling you about we'd go over to his house, and sure. his mom would, you know, chew my ass if I parked my bike on oh, a lot. Yeah. I mean, like those kinds of those kinds of things were. I, I just thought that was normal. I didn't realize. Yeah. Yeah. Like I grew up with three grandparents. My okay. grandparents split when they were, when my mom was a little kid, so I had two sets of grandparents on my mom's side. Oh, one cool. set. I thought everybody did. That's a good thing. You know what I mean? It's like, well, That's yeah, more you stuff. Can, you can't have too many people love a child, right? Right, absolutely. Something else that Barack Obama said that I absolutely agree with 1,000%, and this is what I started saying about the Black Lives Matter movement, right? Yeah. And that's a real movement, and that's a real thing, and that's something that I'm not entitled to have. I don't think I'm entitled to have a negative or positive opinion about it because it's not my business. But Okay. All elections matter because Barack Obama said very poignantly that, look, you can't get mad at who's in the White House if you're not voting for your mayor. Oh, yeah. Because most people, Donald Trump's an outlier, right? He came from from yeah. the, from from Trump Tower to the White House, right? Yeah. By virtue of basically having- The apprentice. <laughs> yeah, it, being known by everybody. Yeah, yeah. It, and I'm not going into like my opinion of any of that stuff, but I'm, what right. I'm saying is Barack Obama was very smart in saying that- you know, vote for your, pay attention. Oh yeah. Get involved in local elections yep. and you'll sway things at the other end. It's like when he was talking about turning the aircraft carrier instead of turning the battleship, right? Right. 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 You start with small movements and over time you get where you want to go. Joe Rogan said, and it's, I love this thing. He's like, you know, the, the constitution mm. that was written with a feather, right? <laughs> so it, it, it it's, it's a, a basis by which we build everything off of. Yeah. But it needs to it needs to sway to the will of the people. Well, the it biggest, has to be able to. Someone was uh, I was listening to someone uh I want to say uh this morning and um I, I'm I'm very much into the constitution. I literally carry a copy of it right there right there in my cut. And um but the the thing about we about the uh constitution it starts with those three words, we the, the people, people and they're written larger than everything else and that's to suggest that anyone for the for the duration of the time that that america is a is a country that the most important thing about this constitution is we the people it, it, this this government is actually supposed to be for us and by us you know sort of like fubu for politics right yeah yeah, but, yeah. Um, damon john <laughs> yeah right exactly. he had a west coast chopper built yeah did he really oh yeah jesse built that. him a bike oh jeez See, when I it's grow up, really I want to cool. be Damon John, except right? for taller, though, because, you know, he's got that. Well, you're already tall. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I don't want to be Damon John. Sure, I, I like being all up here in the clouds. But, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, um, So when it comes, and again, here I go with the politics and that. But um, what we're here for. Obama had tons of gems, um, but more important than, than the gems that he had. And, and here's the problem with the, I, I think Obama was, like, super smart. I really do. I'm a big fan of Barack Obama. The problem that we saw is that the polarization of, uh, of you know, Republicans and Democrats and so-called conservatives and so-called liberals is that it didn't matter if this guy had the cure for cancer 
there are folks who had already decided no matter what he comes up with, we're going to oppose that thing. And that's where that's that's the downfall to our country. And we do that because of uh, because of political polarization. We do that because of racism. Sometimes we do that because of, of money and influence. Who like, puts us in power has to you know, we, oh, have, yeah. to, we have to answer the you call. Know, in uh, Appalachia, there's um, uh, and up in the mountains, there's some of the well, not poorest, some of, that's the, where the, the poorest, poorest people, people in, the on, on, in the whole entire United States. And these people consistently vote against their own interests. They vote. They vote almost close to 100%, which is amazing. It's hard to get 100% turnout for anything or for any election anywhere. Right. These people vote almost 100%, and they always vote 100% uh, uh, Republican. And there was a uh, really interesting story where these uh, folks went up there to talk to those folks to figure out what, what, if anything, they were doing. And this one town they went to, you know, everybody's on meth and the coal jobs are gone. It's and real. Trump said we were going to bring the, the coal back. And, and, um, and uh, they didn't like Obama and they didn't like this damn Affordable Care Act and this, that, and other thing. Or they didn't like Obamacare and all like that. They said, well, what about that Affordable Care Act thing? You know, well, hey, that's great because I can use that and I can go to the doctor's office and this, that, and another thing. But that Obamacare, that, that's a bunch of garbage. That's and an ignorance they just don't, thing. It's, it's yeah. absolutely. And I don't well, mean it mean. And I'm not saying ignorant is mean. Well, mean. they I'm don't know. And um, don't know. I think what's happened is um, we've got certain um, political entities who have mastered the ability to influence people who otherwise don't either don't understand a, a certain, uh, they don't understand certain policies. They don't understand what's really what these, they don't understand what these poli policies mean. So they vote based on, based on some very religion. They based on, they vote Their based family. on religion. Yeah. Well, the religion, family and racism. A lot of folks, because uh, nobody wants to say it and everybody wants to say, oh, that's not true. Um, but a lot of folks just, they hate Barack Obama, not because of anything that I he actually did. I was very disappointed in him. I voted for him the first time, and mm. you know what my biggest problem with? I What's have that? two problems with him. Sure. One, he didn't he didn't execute and get rid of Clinton and Biden's um, the, the three strikes rule that yeah. really, really went after Poor people, yeah, and unfortunately, a lot of folks, a, disproportionate, a, lot of folks that. a disproportionate number of minorities sure. were incarcerated because of that rule. And Clinton has is said publicly that he regrets yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm also disappointed because it was on his desk that he didn't change cannabis from a Schedule One narcotic yeah. to a Schedule Two or Three, and and put that play in motion. And I'm afraid that Donald Trump is going to do that, and he's going to be awarded with the 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 accolade for doing that when I yeah. really feel like those two things he didn't he, I, I don't want to call him his constituency because I did vote for I don't, Obama I don't the disagree first time. with you I think I don't disagree I just with you felt like he failed that he failed a large he's from Chicago oh yeah <laughs> he's from Chicago yeah that 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 could help that community as much as it helps Detroit Philadelphia yeah Baltimore Los Angeles you know and my thing is while I agree with you 100%, I have to default to lots of other presidents that, because uh, I've been in my family, you vote from, from the second you're old enough to vote, you vote. It's a, my it's mother literally, is drilled yeah, that into it's us. A, it's a rite of passage. Uh, so here's the thing. Um, so a lot of folks, like especially when we get into political discussions, um, a lot of guys from, um, from that other club, <laughs> sure. we, when we get into these conversations, sure. they say, well, you know, it's a possibility. You probably just voted for Barack Obama because he's black. I'm like, so does that mean I voted for every other president since the since Reagan 
since uh, since Reagan because they were white? No, no. He just happened to be a president. He was the most who, pragmatic person yeah, out there. Yeah, it had nothing to do with. So you know, black folks have been voting for presidents forever, or, or since. Or let me phrase it: since we had the ability there, to vote. There are people who who admittedly did it because he was black. Well, yeah. I mean, but I, you know what? That, that wouldn't shock me. You are entitled to choose on any metric that you want. Yeah. I would prefer that you believed in somebody's character mm. and somebody's cause and somebody's ways and means, but yeah. you don't have to. It's what, just what I do. Where we are now, and um, I know, you know, Trump got in, however, the, and that's a whole other subject, but, but uh, he got in. It's the Electoral College. Yeah. And let's be honest, it, the Electoral College was not in existence. Yeah. People in L.A. and New York would determine who the president was yeah. 90% of the time, and you and I wouldn't get a vote. And yeah. I think they need to end the, gerrymandering. Think, well, absolutely. And they need to end, they need to implement. Redlining and gerrymandering yeah, should our, be done that should yesterday. Be illegal. Well, it, it's in other it's, countries it is, which is funny because we're supposed to be so advanced. But, uh, but well, we're not a democracy. We're not. we're a democratic republic. Well, you know, the other thing is this: is that um, when it comes to what we're seeing, what well, what I see with um, uh, with not not just on the not just presidents, but um, on the local level as well. Um, but okay, well, since we're talking about Trump, I'll say Trump. Sure. Um, my issue here is this. Is that okay? So for some reason or another, he became the president, and I, honest to God, I just cannot see the benefit of this guy being president. Um, my, my boy Wise, um, I'm always quoting Wise because Wise, his name's Wise. He's a pretty smart guy. Um, <laughs> but Wise had said this thing that stuck with me years ago, and I, I say it all the time. It doesn't matter what you're doing, but you're always going to be one of a couple of different things when you're talking about a club or when you're talking about a government. You're either going to be an ambassador or you're going to be an embarrassment. It doesn't matter whether you're the president of that organization or the lowest man on the totem pole in that organization. You got two spots. That's it. You're going to be an embarrassment or you're going to be an ambassador. But which one you are is pretty much your choice. Um, And this guy... Uh, he's an embarrassment. I mean, it, I mean, just I, we we could do eight hours just talking about that. But, we can. I yeah, mean, but, but, I, you know. we, and there's listen. I I I am not defending, and what I'm defending sure. is is that here I'm I'm a rage against the machine. You know, uh, Zach De La Roca, uh, good band by the way. Yes, great band. <laughs> uh, Tom Morello. Right these, are, these are Ivy League guys. Tom Morello yeah. is Ivy League educated. You know, he's he's a black man. He's in arguably one of the best, you know, hard art rock alternative bands, yeah. but they're very pragmatic. They're very political. Yeah. They mean what they say, right? Yeah. I don't like the situation that we're in. However, I'm a I'm a I, to a degree I'm a lesser of two evils guy and I don't think you can burn it down without a guy like Trump. Here's what Trump's done. Number one is exposed all of the covert people that sit in the corner and throw the N-word around yeah. and look around before they do it, right? I don't so think he, he meant to do it, but, but that's no, the result that we No, it's a happy from, accident. Let's yeah, just take yeah. it as a happy sure, accident. Sure. The, guy is, the guy is very verbose. Yeah. He's very obnoxious. Yeah. He's very one-sided. But let's not talk about any of the good stuff that he that has happened while he's been. Let's just look at what the outcome can be long-term. People are interested, and people weren't interested before. And I thought when Obama would be president, I thought it would pull all these assholes out of the woodwork that are racist. Yeah. And it didn't. Right. It didn't. Right. 
because it was business as usual, as politics as usual, because he's not turning a battleship, he's turning an aircraft carrier. Right. This guy has made it, he's exposed things, you know, Nancy Pelosi shouldn't be in where she's at for as long as she's at. She's not even, she doesn't live in the district that she's elected from. Right. And she's not representative of any of her constituents. What about Mitch McConnell? So again, this is yeah. a this is a neophyte that's been there since Christ was a carpenter. Yeah. And yeah. term limits fixes that. I would like to see yep. you elected. And I would like to see you go in for two years. And I would like to see you be pre pragmatic and do what you're gonna do. Because I think most people enter politics for one of two reasons. One, they inherit you know, yeah. Al Gore is a prime sure. example. Probably would have been a much better president than George Bush Jr. Because yeah, George sure. Bush Jr. was a puppet. Right, that was right. Cheney's yeah, absolutely. One step shy of having his hand yeah. stuffed up that guy's ass moving his mouth. Yeah. I, okay, I, I've the, said that a lot. Literally. And a friend of mine was on George Bush Jr.'s security detail when he oh. left. He was on Air Force One when it took him oh, to wow. his house. Nicest guy you'll ever meet. Cares about that. everybody. I've heard that. Didn't want to be president. And his dad said, you're going to be president. Yeah. Because, yeah. right, this is, that's a that's a money grab. So let's, right. let's kind of take him off the, off the table of what we're talking about. But. We need, I think people, the, the second reason people go into politics is because they're they're pragmatic, they're enthusiastic, they have good ideas, they work their ass off, sure. they prove that they can be elected, they get elected, right. they show up, they got their little folder with the shit they want to do for their constituency back yeah. home that just elected them, yeah. and they go into the guy's office who's been there a couple years longer than him, and they're like, hey, we're not looking at anything you have, None you're a that. junior. Right. You're going to sign a couple of these things in the law, and then they... they they yeah. have to play ball, and then, yep. and in order to play ball and get what they want done, they've got to stay there long enough. And by the time they stay there long enough, they're getting fat, happy. They don't want to lose their staff. They don't want to lose right. their car. Yeah. You know, you understand what I'm saying? No, if I guys do. like you and I, I went there and said, "Look, you know, I'm flawed. Right? I've got tattoos. I've got a potty mouth. Yeah. I step on my dick from now, from time to time, and do the wrong thing. Right? Even when I'm trying to do the right thing, you know, I get yeah. angry. I'm emotional. Yeah." I would rather see some of that. I would rather see some of you I, know this AOC chick. I oh, yeah, yeah. I think she's bananas. <laughs> I think she's I think she's a socialist, and I'm I'm scared to death of socialism. I'm a Kennedy well, Democrat. I am gotcha. pro life. I am pro military. I'm anti law enforcement when it comes to CIA, FBI, those types yeah, of things. Yeah. And he wanted to blow that stuff up. He right. was very open about it. Oh wait, who AOC? Kennedy. Oh, you mean Kennedy? Kennedy. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, I'm a Kennedy you. Democrat. Okay, okay gotcha. Right? right. So, but. Be that as it may, I, I tell myself now, or I tell everybody now, I'm a, I'm a Republican socialist. I'm a capitalist. <laughs> right. I want my guns. I want my liberty. I want my business. But if I'm going to pay taxes, sure, I'd like health care. I don't think there's a child that is born in the world that should go without health care. You know, here's the thing. And I think, I think honestly, no, <laughs> I said, here's the thing. I probably uh, talked too much. No, 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 no. Um, honestly, what you're saying is not completely off the mark at all. What happens is this, we, we get these names like socialist or liberal, you know, like people, people say these names and I've heard, um, it's, oh my gosh, they're, they're, now I'll be honest, Republicans say these words as if it hurts their mouths. Like, it's like they're spitting, like you're a liberal or Obama, you know, yeah. like they like refuse to just say a name properly, but, but I'm getting off the subject. But what I'm talking about is these, um, these names, these labels a lot of times encompass a lot of different things. So like we talked about, uh, you mentioned socialism. I'm not a socialist, but 
this country kind of is. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of socialist stuff that's been going on for the longest time. And in particular, right now with Trump, Trump is perpetuating a, he's perpetuating a socialist environment but he's, he's being se- very specific and selective about who he's providing these socialist benefits for but his constituents you know regular joe blow you know a guy running around with the confederate flag that guy Raven, makes Raven me trump laugh. forever that guy well, makes me laugh well yeah because this guy he's screaming about socialism and couldn't tell you what it was if his life depended on it um there's guys now you said uh, you mentioned nancy pelosi um, I know this woman, uh, uh, Allie, and she was on this thing for a while telling me that, that oh, Nancy Pelosi's the worst. And I asked one simple question, well, why? Well, she just is, and, you know, and she's against Trump, and I'm she's against America. I'm not going to argue like that. Yeah, but my point is, though, is that if there is an actual argument about whichever, give me your actual argument. Don't just regurgitate stuff that, that every other left-wing or every other right-wing nut job says because a lot of that stuff is I mean, the far left and the far right. If you're are just parroting somebody else's shitty idea, yeah. you're, with no, you're with worse no, than somebody with a shitty idea. Yeah. Like, the thing is, is that there's so many of these folks who just hate anything and they're like uh, okay i'll give you an example now here i'm going to beat up on bikers for a second so we'll bring it back to that so i know this is a motorcycle podcast believe it or not but i'm glad we're having this conversation because i haven't had somebody on this podcast yet where i can have this conversation and I, i enjoy it well here's the thing with bikers bikers uh from way back in the day we used to talk about and even before before my time it was all about freedom and getting out there and doing your thing and you do like an, even the peter even fonda now, thing we, we want to go out and ride and yeah, we want to ride our bike we say our thing uh like uh right now uh like uh me and my brothers have this thing that we say we have this thing we say hey look you do your thing, we'll do our thing. As long as your thing doesn't interfere with my thing, then we ain't going to have a thing. Right. You know, and, and that's the way it is. So it's all about, hey, I want to do what I want to do. And that's the way that we are, especially on my level of this thing. Now, with all of the stuff that we talk about, freedom and this, that, and the other thing, and, you know, you know and stick it to the man and all the stuff they used to say in the 70s and all like that, here's the crazy thing is that now these, these so-called freedom-loving bikers, now all of a sudden – are, you know, who used to be anti-government. They were all anti-government than a son of a gun when Barack Obama was president. And now they're now, Trump, now they, they're running now the they're Trump like, train. They're like, oh, you guys are against the government and this, that, and other thing, and I don't, you know, oh, it, it's ridiculous. So what happens is um, it's really not, people are not being genuine to themselves. Um, they're not really, people are hypocritical. Um, on the one hand, uh, okay, here, Black Lives Matter. I wanted to get back to that, too. So um, here we're covering everything, aren't we? Yeah. So like uh, Colin Kaepernick, uh, I was in the Marine Corps. I took a oath to defend the Constitution against the United States, or excuse me, uh, defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and, that, right. and, and all that stuff and everything that that encompasses. So I truly, genuinely believe in American freedom. I actually was doing a documentary series about 12 years ago called American freedom one through 10. It was about the constitution. My daughter, my youngest daughter, her name is Liberty. The reason her name is Liberty. Cause I believe in that shit. Right. right? And, um, and, uh, actually, and, uh, the other one's name was almost America. Swear to God, I got voted down by a, a doctor, a nurse and some, some doula, whatever the hell I named is. my daughter Shelby. And my second one's going to be Celine after the Mustangs. Yeah. And my wife said, you're not, <laughs> you're not naming your daughter but, Celine. But the thing is, uh, uh, when it comes to this, um, 
to this whole liberty and freedom thing. Um, I believe when Colin Kaepernick took a knee, I said to myself, I was clear, clear as a bell. I'm not a guy who wants to burn the American flag. I'm not a guy who is going to take a knee during the national anthem. But I want to be clear. You know, I, again, I took an oath. I, not only am I okay with him having done it, you know, I respect the fact that he did. Now, I'm also the same exact guy when I'm at a, uh, when I'm at a, um, the doggone, um, uh, what do you call it, like a basketball game or something like that. And I've done this many a times. I've been advised about it more times than I know how to count. Uh, I'm at a basketball game, and this is before Colin Kaepernick. I'm at a basketball game or some sporting event, and they're doing the national anthem. And I'm seeing white people and black people and some of everybody, and they're running their mouths and this, that, and other thing, and playing with the phone and talking on the phone and, and ordering for the guy to bring them some food and all this oh, no, kind of stuff. It- and I'm the guy that's standing there with my hand over my heart, or if I'm wearing a cover, I'm, I'm popping a salute, and I'm going to interrupt myself as soon as, as soon, well, not interrupt myself, as soon as the anthem is over, I'm going to tell that person, because I'm giving them the eye and telling them, you know, giving them the hand signal to shut the fuck up. And I'm doing all of that, right, while the anthem's going on, and maybe they don't, maybe they hear me, maybe they don't. But as soon as that stops, I stop what I'm doing, and I step down two or three levels, or I go to the left or go to the right, and I tell that person, hey, look, don't do that. It's disrespectful. Now, those same exact folks now all of a sudden want to be super-duper patriots and be mad at Colin Kaepernick. They're not mad about Colin Kaepernick for any other reason other than the fact that they don't. It's one of those shut-up-and-dribble things. So this black guy is having this issue. He tries to protest it peacefully. Now, let's flash forward a little bit. And he was protesting uh, the Dagon, um uh, these abuse of powers by police and, yes. you know, black folks getting killed, innocent. And I, and I, I do say innocent people. Oh, they're not innocent. Look, if a guy's at home, you're innocent until TV, proven guilty in a court of law. The, yeah. the cops, not the goddamn judge and jury yeah. at the, all. This guy, um, both them, John was at home eating ice cream, watching TV. And of course, all of the Trump fans and all that, they came out full to, Oh, he was a criminal. I he had a joint which makes him worthy of being murdered. But, and I could go on and on with that. That's always like the playbook to try to smear the guy that got killed. Anyway, this is what the issue was. And this is what he was protesting. And this is what he was peace, peacefully protesting. So now let's flash forward a few years. So now here we are where people are really upset and they're, you know, the whole planet saw yet again, another, now this one is different. You know what was, was different about, uh, about uh, George uh, Floyd being murdered? Well, the rest of the planet, really paid attention to it and it was that those was dudes that, knew each other well, those yeah. dudes had problems with each oh, other I this is a it. murder oh yeah it, it's and a, there was, it was three other cops that stood there and watched oh, it while yeah. a poor little girl had mm-hmm. had the intestinal fortitude and the, the wherewithal, wherewithal mm-hmm. to film it and yeah. i don't i won't watch the video and let me tell you why i, I won't watch the video i, I won't watch, watch the voice. video because i don't want to see somebody murdered i have friends send me shit yeah. all the time of, of that. I yeah. don't want, I saw faces of death when I was 12 or 13 years old. Mm-hmm. I don't want I remember to that. watch it. It doesn't make yeah. it any less important to me. It's very important to me, but I want to, I want to comment on a couple of things that you said. Okay. Well, I want to comment on the, on the oh, Colin Kaepernick thing. Oh, go ahead. So on both sides of that, number one, oh, you're goodness. talking about, you're talking about a young man who was raised by white parents first off. So we're just going to assume that he was probably well cared for. Sure. Had a roof over his head. Mm-hmm. Was probably listened 
to by these people. Yeah. And I actually don't know these people, but a friend of mine uh, lives in Sun City Center, mm -hmm. and he's friends with... He, he, had, he, had a, he had a good upbringing for, okay. for his situation. So, sure, sure. so this is not some troubled youth. Right. And I've heard people say, well, this is a mediocre quarterback. That you, Let me tell you something. <laughs> let me tell you something. You kill me with that. If you are in the NFL, you are a goddamn stud. Yeah. You're sm and if you're a quarterback, you yeah. are smart. Yep. You are intelligent. You are adept. Yeah. You are, and he either A, knew exactly what he was doing, yeah. or B, had no idea of what he was doing. He might either, not have, either way, I don't think he realized. I don't think he saw the ram. I don't think he saw the, he didn't have a crystal ball to see what the hell was going to go on. Sure. No one does. Yeah. My yeah. crystal ball doesn't work any better than yours sure. does. But he martyred himself. Yeah, and he's still not playing. Yep. Um, I don't agree with everything he's done and said, but I I do think that he would be a little. J I would be a little jaded by this point. Yeah. No one bitched when Tim Tebow kneeled. Yeah. Not, okay. Not, not and I'm not I'm not playing the black or white thing. I'm no, just no. saying. No, but it's there's true. a cause. His thing was, you know, I made fun of Tim Tebow too. Yeah. I just I think it's kind of corny, right? Yeah, you but know, it was his conviction. Right. And so, Colin, let me just finish with no, Colin. No, no, no. The shut up and dribble thing that you said. Yeah. The other side of that is, is that when you are in, when you are gainfully employed, I think that you have an obligation to your customer, i.e., the fan, to kind of leave some of that shit at home. Which fan? The one that wants to no, see it or the one that doesn't? I don't think anybody pays to see that, though. As well. I'm, I'm not saying he has a right to do whatever he wants. I have right. a right to do what I want. You have a right to do what you want. Right. You have a, a, you have a copy of the Constitution yeah. in, 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 your, in, your, you know, in, yeah. your, in your cut that's, that says that, you know? And, and so, so it's cool. what, I'm, what I'm saying is, is that I think that the, the venue was misplaced, but I don't think he would have gotten. I'm I don't think he would have gotten. Nice. <laughs> I didn't realize it would be this this able to be packaged in this. Uh, this. I mean, it's actually. It's tiny. I can read I it. With, I can read it without glasses. That's I, pretty good. <laughs> I don't think I can read it without glasses. <laughs> I, I I need a little bit longer arms. <laughs> I'm actually I'm reading two books right now. I'm reading Iron Tears, which is a story about our uh, our fight for. Um, Independence from the British oh, yeah. uh, government, but it's written from by a Brit from the British perspective. Oh, that, that's, a, that's interesting. It's very. If you want, I'll give. I, I love yeah. to give. I love my books. I love to sign them and give them to a friend. Wow, that's and cool. then th we the rule is is I just ask that you give it to somebody else, right? Gotcha. But uh, I'm and I'm also reading the uh, Federalist and Anti-Federalist papers because oh. that's a that's a weird dichotomy of people that <laughs> yeah you know very much that, so. you know here we are we have this new this new country and there was a varying set of different uh, ideals yeah. of what, how they yeah. were going to do it but I, I don't I I don't think that anybody should be told to shut up and dribble I don't want yeah. I don't want to be told to shut up and fix motorcycles right you don't want I don't know what you do as a vocation but you don't want to be told I'm to shut biker. up and, and be a biker that's you what know I what do. Mean? well so but do you, you do you see where I'm coming from yeah that, that no one should be told to shut up ever right you know I mean that's not the way we should do that and certainly not when they have something that they, that they feel is important to say I think Brett Favre uh nailed it I didn't see I promise you I did not see it coming but Brett Favre uh compared um uh, Kaepernick to Pat Tillman 
And I was like, wow. He goes, he goes, Pat Tillman's a hero. We all know it. And he goes, and I think so is uh, Colin Kaepernick. And, you know, he explained his whole position. So, but my point is, though, is that, so here's what keeps happening. And this is when we know that I, I say that a lot of folks in our country are incredibly hypocritical. And, and so I'll tell Donald Trump, thank you, because he's helped these people to expose themselves. And what I mean by that is this. They thought it was so, okay. Well, yeah, well, it was totally okay to hate. And I'm going to give you a couple of examples. Um, with uh, Colin Kaepernick, he takes a knee. People lose their mind. He's like, kick that son of a bitch out and all of, the, all of these bad things and created all these, all these crazy headaches for the NFL. The NFL went through it because I stopped watching the NFL because of the way that, um, because of the, way that the NFL was treating Colin Kaepernick. Then other folks I know on the other side of the aisle start that I'm not going to watch the NFL because I don't think they ought to allow that stuff. They ought to kick these sons of guns out. But these are the folks that call themselves Americans. I still who, watch the NFL because I like what, football. Well, here's the thing. There are folks who are purposely so-called Americans are advocating for denying an individual their own individual freedoms. And they said, well, there's better ways to protest. Well, here's the thing. When people go, uh, go and did their marching, they said, oh, well, there's better ways to protest. When folks are tearing, and by the way, the people that are tearing stuff up, those are That's not the that, Black Lives right. Matter. No, that's... It, that, you have to be are, an absolute asshole to think that. And I've told yeah, every one of fact. my friends this. Yeah. This is what happens. The Black Lives Matter people yep. go there to peacefully protest. They've got a window of opportunity. They they arrive at a certain time. Yep. I was in I was in uh, Saint Augustine when yep. they had their their rally up there, and it was it started at this time. It was done at this time. I yep. watched mothers walk with their sons when they Absolutely. left peacefully. No one had a problem because it was Saint Augustine. It was a little microcosm. Right. But what happens is Antifa shows yep. up. They throw a rock. They throw bricks. Oh yeah. They create unrest. The police attack everybody indiscriminately. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. And, and then in and, and that's the problem. One thing that we've seen a ton of, and this was not I can't even lie, I I don't want to say I was shocked, but I was I was more disappointed, disappointed than anything else. And that is I saw folks who had nothing to do with Black Lives Matter or Antifa who wanted to these are agitators. I saw a police car I mean, I don't know if you've seen this. Police trucks showing up in um I think this was uh in Milwaukee and then uh and then I think I, I forget the other state, but they had bricks, and they just piled a bunch of bricks here, yeah. yes. took off driving. And the guy's following with his camera, too. and then he's watching the cops put bricks in strategic locations. I didn't see that the police so that officers they, were yeah, doing it. actual cops. It blew, I'm, I'll find it. I'll, I'll shoot you the, uh, the, the video. Blew my mind. I'm like, geez. But then, of course, uh, as they were arresting these folks, there was uh, this, uh, this one guy, there, two lawyers, weren't even from that town, had nothing to do with Black Lives Matter. I'm like, and, and of course, they show, showed these people throwing bricks and breaking in stuff. And then, of course, you got those idiots who just don't give a damn about a cause or anything else. They just want a, a new freaking flat screen. So they want, they're hoping to God, please break in a target. And if you don't hear, let me help you break in a target so we can all rush in there together because I need a new flat screen. But so here's what happens. But, but realistically, though, when, when these things start, here's what happens. So Colin Kaepernick takes a knee. When this cop takes a knee and kills this guy after almost nine minutes of Eight literally minutes, 45 seconds, yeah, or 46 in front of, seconds in front of God and everybody. And if you looked at his face, he didn't give a damn. But here's the thing. The thing that's most troubling about all of that is the number of folks who came out hard, hard against the dead guy. 
and was like, oh, these police are so misunderstood and all this other kind of stuff. And um, and this guy, he's a bad guy and he's this, that, and other thing. I don't care if he was the it's worst. It's a shitty cop. Let me tell you, I don't care if George Floyd was the biggest asshole in North America. The cops didn't know that. Well, maybe that one cop might have. But the rest of those cops or whoever, he didn't, that, that was not their decision they had no no authority jury, to kill him. They were not the judge. They were not the jury. They're not God. So, and but here's the thing: is that it keeps happening again and again. Brianna Taylor was again home in bed, sleep. The cops come in, they kill her, and then arrest her husband just because he was in the. I mean, come on now. But here's the thing: but those you know, like those hard right wing types, they have a million excuses as to why it is that. That was okay. And then you've got these uh, these people saying, oh, well, the, well, what are you going to do when all the cops quit and all the cops sort of just quit? And that'll show you. Well, here's the thing. If you feel like you're if you're a police officer and you feel like you need to quit your job because you're not allowed to beat up and abuse black folks anymore, then you should quit anyway. You should never and go. I yeah, have go a problem. With, I have a problem with. So uh, do you follow Killer Mike? Yeah, I do. I, I do. love that guy. Yeah. Okay. Killer I Mike love his music. It. Yeah. I love what he's saying. And this is, I'm, I told you earlier, I'm not an apologist. Sure. I'm sure. not going to apologize yeah, for, no, for anything no I didn't to. do. Yeah. And I'm, I'm also not going to apologize for somebody who is in a shitty situation by their own volition. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm just not going to do it. Right. right? There's so, no reason to. But Killer Mike is somebody that, um, and I know you probably don't like this person, but she knows the numbers. Candace Owen. She knows the numbers. Are you going to say okay, Candace yes, Owen? Yes, I am. Yeah, I I'm hate gonna, Candace Owen. Oh, sure you do. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is that what kill, she parrots what Killer Mike has said for a long time. That yeah. prior, to, well, no, prior Her to Her delivery this, is a little different. But no, but go ahead. Go because ahead. she's she's pandering. Yeah. Oh, Let's yeah. be honest. She's pandering. Yeah. She's getting paid. And that's okay. Well, you know, I, I think that it's not her message. Right. Okay. I'm listening to what Killer Mike says about um, the lack of, of a two-parent home. Yeah. Um, I'm talking. Listen to what he says about the lack. And you know what the funny thing is? Is one thing Don't I was me. I'm killing your spider. Oh, one thing I was told when I was a kid, mm-hmm. my whole life, I've been told things that I'm hearing them now from other people. And I'm like, oh, okay. So at one point in time, there were black communities with black doctors and black dentists and black pharmacists and black. It was a, it was was a good black neighborhood. Yeah. And And then it was necessary. Well, but it, it was just what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was in, in killer Mike is an advocate for that. He wants to see black communities rise again and exist and be the sustenance come from within. Right. Sure, and, sure. and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's not I, segregate. And, and so you get into, you walk this line of whether, well, that's segregation. No, it's not. Segregation is you are over there. We're over here. Segregation right. is, you know what? We're, we're just, we're going to, we're going to be over here. Yeah. Right. I mean, I've always, everywhere I've ever lived, I've, I've had, I've had African-American neighbors. That's just something, except for when I lived yeah. in Texas. And, okay. I didn't go to school with any again, black kids in Texas, but I, I see where, I see where you're going with that, and there's nothing wrong with, with what you're saying. The thing that we've seen historically is this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do two things real quick. Uh, so the first thing is, I keep hearing all these people, and this again, it's the the right wing Trump fans, and the people are you know all there's of there's good protests. right wingers well, out there though. Well. Um, let's just say the the right wing nut job. Let's yeah. let's call it oh, the guy yeah. that we're talking sure. about, or or the ones that are just let's, pseudo. Let, I'm gonna let, the I'm pseudo saying, nut let's, job. Let's, yeah, let's let's identify who we're yeah. specifically talking. And I mean, about. I'm talking far right wing. Yeah. Uh, you know, like everybody's the devil, kind of. You know, yeah. the the nut jobs. Here's the thing. 
I keep hearing, and I've heard all these folks, and they're they're you know, like in the gun nuts. I'm a, I am a Second Amendment fan. I'm not a fan of the NRA, but I do believe in the Second Amendment, and I have some very specific ideas about that. But but anyway, but going back to the thing. So, uh, in regard to conversations that come up about all these all this protest and stuff, I'm listening to people in Pasco County, Pasco County. You know, I live in Pasco County, and it's like me and two other black guys. And, and I, I account for being black and Puerto Rican, I think. So, so I'm, I count for, so like, I, I account for everybody, right? But anyway, so here's the thing, is that I keep hearing these people like in Pasco County and some of these other guys and some of the guys from that other club saying, oh, well, you know, I uh, tell you what, when these so-and-sos, when they break up in my house uh, for the riot to try and do something to me, I can't wait for them to break into my house. Here's the thing. In the history of freaking America, there has never been a political protest or, or civil, right, civil rights march or anything. Or even in the case of these, uh, these riots and this turbulence that's been going on most recently, which, by the way, is cyclical. It happened in the 60s. It happened. Yeah, it it's happened, happened, happened in many a time. But typically and historically, there has not ever, not one time, did a bunch of black people break into somebody's house because they were marching for civil rights and try to kill or steal anything or hurt anybody when it does happen is Tulsa, Oklahoma or New Jersey or Rosewood, or I could go on and on and on and on. It's usually white people would say these black folks got to go. We're going to burn down their stuff. We're going to rape those women and kill those guys. So it's never the other way around. However, the disinformation of it, these folks, they, they live in a world of disinformation where they want to, they want to believe that that's a thing, and we're going to go and buy more well, guns as a result Because as soon as somebody it. starts playing to their echo chamber, oh, yeah. it substantiates why they oh, have yeah. these shitty and, ideas. Yeah, and they won't shut up about it. So I keep pointing out to folks, I'm like, tell me any one time, just tell me one time when there was a civil rights march, even if it went, even if it went haywire with freaking Antifa or whatever, which I got a whole thing about Antifa, but uh, even if things went haywire and somebody started throwing bricks and broke into Target, when did they say, man, Target doesn't have any good stuff. Let's go to Larry's house. That's not, you know, that's like never happened in the history of the world. But if you tell these people, if you try to explain that to them, they're like, no, 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 no. They're gonna, you know, wave their Confederate flag and, camp and sit on the porch hate, waiting for the waiting for the the masses to come. Yeah, and they're screaming about the race war and all this stuff. And like, it's it's bull. It's, well, first it's, off, they're so insulated from it; they don't have anything to do. Exactly, they, they don't have a front row seat to any of it. Right, because they've insulated themselves so much that they mm -hmm. haven't had an opportunity to engage in the character of anyone that doesn't look exactly like them and yeah. already agree with them beforehand. Oh, yeah. And like I said earlier, an hour ago, yeah. if you and I agree on absolutely everything, yeah. one of us is completely fucking useless. That would and be you're you. talking about, yeah, <laughs> we're talking about a useless group of people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they really are. Oh, no, no. It's, it's, uh, and, and I can say that with, with no deference at all. It's what I believe. Yeah. 100% yeah. of, 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 no, of what I'm saying. I'm it, absolutely with you. When you, when you have an echo chamber. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it, it. You're not learning anything. You're not getting any any new information. Well, a lot of these folks, uh, they're they're. It's not. They don't want new information. What they need and crave is affirmation. Yeah, they need affirmation. They need to. They need affirmation. They need pats on the backs. They need attaboys. The the the, the more insane their ideologies are, the more they want someone to co-sign that stuff. And right now, that's kind of what's going on. So the first thing was, of course, uh, all of this. Um, uh, the, the first thing was in regard to these folks believing that somebody's going to come and get them, which is a bunch of BS. The second thing, and I know you, you probably will versed in this. I, I would take a, I'd be surprised if you weren't. 
the, the other thing, which I can't believe even now, these folks are still on, when we talk about Black Lives Matter, and I've had this conversation 8 million times, it does not mean that all lives don't matter. It does not mean that only black folks' lives matter. What it means is, is that black folks are actually been going through a hell of a hard time being murdered improperly by police. We want, we, you know, it would be a good thing. You mentioned earlier that you said that you were not interested in apologizing for something you didn't do, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I co-sign that. Um, there is such a thing as white privilege and all like that, but that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is, is that historically when changes have been made in our, in our culture, and, and we, we're at a time now where we need to change this stuff to move forward. The, in order to do that, and uh, coming from a 1%, especially with my club, coming from this environment, I'm not inclined to ask other folks to help me do shit. But the truth is the truth. And the truth is, this is an American problem. So Americans that are black and white and Latin and Asian and every damn body else, we see the rest of the world. I have friends overseas. We were talking about that earlier. Um, I've got friends overseas that are telling me about the protests that are going on in their individual countries about what's going on here in the United it's States. It's happening in England. In, in fact, England, I was thinking they had a big, uh, they've been protesting in Essex for two weeks now, like nonstop. And with the mask on and the whole freaking thing. But what I'm getting at is, is that we need for those folks who, and you said earlier that you felt like you didn't have the right to have a position one way or the other about Black Lives Matter. Well, you're an American, so you do. And in, in my opinion, I say to you that you're an American. If you say, let's say, uh, uh, Dark Mark, was he a black guy? Oh, yeah. Okay, so let's say Dark Mark, I'm going to give you a for example, uh, and then I'm going to give you a very specific thing. Let's say you saw something really bad happen. At, let's say you and Dark Mark are walking down the street and the cops, uh, hey, what are you doing? You fit the description and something happens and they beat his ass and they kill him. You'd be pretty upset about that. Yeah, You'd very. want someone to know yeah. that this was wrong. Yeah. Well, this happens repeatedly. I have a thing up on my Facebook page right now that says, that says, hey, it says, hey, racist, you know, be advised. My white friends will beat your fucking ass. And, uh, and we laugh and we joke about that. But then, of course, my white friends jump on it and say, damn right, we will. Yeah. You know, but the thing is, so, and I'm not saying go around and start beating no, up No, 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 I get My point is, is that. And I was talking to my daughters about this. I have a family meeting with uh, folks from all over. I have family all around the planet, and we do this big old um, Zoom thing uh, every week. And um, my daughters were on there, even though they only live, you know, 40 minutes that way. But, um, but we were having this conversation, and I was explaining to my daughters that uh, we talked about literally the Underground Railroad. They're very well versed in all of this. But I was pointing out to them uh, because of something that a family member said that, hey, look, you know, white people have to get involved with this, too. Because there's good white people. There's, it's not all white people aren't bad people. All black people aren't running around. And all the stereotypes are just not always. I mean, some stereotypes are based on a couple of little things here and there. That's just the nature of, of stuff. But the truth is, is that abolitionists uh, back um, during, uh, during those days of slavery are a good reason as to why so many slaves escaped. Harriet Tubman worked with white yeah. folks, abolitionists. That's how she was able to help people escape slavery. And, um, and during the civil rights uh, movement, there were a lot of white folks that died. There were Jewish people that died, white people that died, Italian people that died, black people that died. Because other folks get involved to help make a change. Because if I'm enjoying a certain amount of privilege, I can either A, say, hey, well, screw that. I'm not concerned with what the hell is going on with them. It's not me. 
or I can be like, hey, look, if we don't get them right, then who knows? I might be next. Well, and that's that's a realistic thing. Life isn't a buffet either. Right. I can't say, like, there was something that happened to me when I was a kid that changed me infinitely. Yeah. And it's a silly thing. Mm-hmm. But when I when I was watching Motown 25 oh, yeah. in 1983. I remember it like it was yesterday. Michael Jackson moonwalk. moonwalk. Yeah. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah. What do I want to be when I, I want to be? I want to be Michael Jackson when yeah. I grow up. And if you go, if you go to YouTube and type in "best Christmas ever" with an X, mm-hmm. you'll see Christmas 1985 when I got my, I opened my Michael Jackson jacket wow. on Christmas morning. It's a silly thing, but it's a. You can't go. I like music, I like the arts, but I don't have any black friends. I like the music, yeah. I like the arts, but I'm not interested in in, in any of the. Uh, inappropriate things that happen around that. And when right. I, what I was sure. meaning earlier when I said that I'm not, I don't, uh, I think that it takes everybody. You know, I always tell, you know, it takes a village yeah. to raise a kid, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're right. We we all have to identify when, when there's a systemic problem. Sure. Right. And one of the things that I've tried, and I just had a conversation with a friend of mine earlier today, because believe it or not, my white friends and I have this conversation a lot lately. Wow. Like how, great. how do we, and, and I'll be honest with you. Some people have already made up their mind and some people haven't already made up their mind. But one of my guys I was talking to today, I said, listen, one of the five guys, one of the five guys, <laughs> right I said, on. you I'm, should get them t-shirts by the way. <laughs> I'm not going to use the term. I don't, there's a couple of catchphrases that, that I, and so this is one of the things I wanted to go back to when you said, shut up and dribble. So one of the catchphrases that people use is uh, people started talking about what a shitty person George Floyd was. He, oh, yeah. he robbed somebody at gunpoint. Yeah. Held a gun. But that's not what he was doing when he got killed. When right. he was murdered, when he was brutally murdered by a police officer that's supposed to serve and protect. Yeah. I think that was a murder that was one step shy of premeditated because that guy knew him. Yeah. yeah. Okay? And they had had problems. From what I understand, they had had problems on the same security detail yeah, where that yep. guy was being an asshole, yep. macing customers, and George Floyd was like, hey, what are you doing? Right. We can't do this, right? So I'm not using, I, I hate the term, you know, when you say black lives matter, and then a, and these are white people that say yeah. this. Well, all lives matter. No, no, okay, even worse. Okay. Well, black, li- black lives didn't matter last weekend in Chicago when 120 people yeah. were shot. Okay, so... It's not black on black crime. And I told my friend this today. I'm not saying that anymore. Right. It's poverty on poverty crime. You're talking about people that are in that are in systemic abject poverty in South Side of Chicago. Right. Multi generational. Dr. Ruby K. Payne wrote a book called the A Guide to Understanding Poverty. Okay, and I was, I, you don't know this, but I was a high school teacher oh, okay. in Wesley Chapel oh, right in, Pasco, in Pasco County. I hate that for you. <laughs> I was also, it was, it was a wonderful experience. And I was also a teacher here in Mulberry. Oh, right on. Not as good of an experience. But one of the things I read, I read a book uh, about a guide to understanding poverty. Mm-hmm. And it was about understanding my kids at a Title I school that they're, they, they, they have different rules of engagement. They grow up in different things. Yep. They grow, if you grow up in a single-parent home, generally the mother handles all the discipline. She doesn't want you disciplining her kids. You, she wants you to let her know what happened. She'll handle it, right? right sure. So there's all these rules of engagement. Poverty is not a choice that a child has. Right. 
And so when you have a child that grows up in a in an impoverished situation, they don't have privileges that even affluent African American kids had yeah, or sure. affluent Latino kids have or affluent Asian kids have. Right, right. And so I made a promise to my to myself and to my friend today when we were having this conversation. I said, "Listen, I'm not going to say that anymore." And I'm not virtue signaling. This really yeah. happened. Right. I said, "It's it's poverty on poverty crime. It's poor on poor crime." I know as many not as many, but I know several white kids that speak like they grew up in the ghetto because yeah, they did. Sure. Okay. They yeah. use improper English. It right. sounds like it's on purpose, but it's where they learned how to talk. Right. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, no, no, I want to be I'm, careful. I'm, I'm treading lightly here. I'm not trying to be smirched that I, no, I, you know, I, I understand that. Um, but they don't feel like they have any advantages either. Right. And, and they're trying to claw their way through a situation where they're at a disadvantage and all of these poor people are at a disadvantage. And well, yeah. there are people who make poor choices and re-engage in, in right. illegitimate decisions and bad choices. But young people that are poor making these bad choices, they're tough to reach because they don't, they don't have a lot of tools in their toolbox. Right. I have a lot of tools in my toolbox. Right. You have a lot of tools in your sure. toolbox. You know, I grew up in a very, very integrated area. It was very foreign to me. When I moved from Houston back to Detroit when I was mm -hmm. in junior high school, when I lived in Houston, the black kids that I lived by yeah. were in systemic poverty, yeah. multi-generational. When I moved back to Detroit, I went to school with black kids who dressed better than me, drove nicer cars sure. than me. Their parents lived in neighborhoods with us. Yeah. Their dads worked at Ford Motor Company, GM yep, and Chrysler, say, made yeah. as much as my dad did or more. Yeah. That was something that, you it's know, I, it was different. Yeah. And I had to learn to, I had to learn to navigate those waters, right? You know, but you're talking to somebody like you were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. This is the last oh, no, thing we say. The, the far right mm -hmm. nut job. Right. They're ignorant. They've never been in that situation. They don't they know don't, how to conduct themselves. No, it. it's an echo chamber. Oh, yeah. But these people, I'm not going to use. I, so the Black Lives Matter thing to me, I'm not using the All Lives Matter thing, but I am using the it's not black on black crime. To me anymore, the way I'm, I'm rationalizing it mm. and becoming more educated, more articulate about it, and yeah. more empathetic about it. The fact that you want to is so damn it's important. important. This, this is important because... More it, the the more folks want to understand what the hell is really going on, and educate themselves on it. And and when I say educate, I don't mean to suggest that people are unintelligent. I mean people are not informed. Intelligence has nothing to do with education. Right. It's about being informed yes. about what's going on. Now, what you choose to do with that information that's where that's when it becomes very important. But I'm going to go back to what you were saying: poverty on poverty. One of the things, like when. Uh, Whenever we have these conversations about Black Lives Matter, and of course, inevitably, someone's going to say, oh, well, what about um, nobody cared about that black guy that uh, shot that other black guy last week? Here's the thing, and, and this is a fact, according to the FBI. And it actually, if you think about it, it makes sense. Um, but, uh, and I started following FBI statistics, uh, I want to say about 20 years ago, because of me getting beat up by cops and all this other stuff. And I'm like, and I've seen some really, really, really bad stuff. I'll tell you about that later on or something. But anyway, um, the thing is, uh, the FBI states that, uh, I won't give you the number, but basically they say that people kill other people that are within the closest proximity of themselves. Sure. Meaning if I live around mostly black people, and something comes up, whereas I, for whatever reason, I'm going to kill somebody. Well, I'm not going to go 
45 minutes to my white uh, person that I don't know. I'm no. not going to go all the way there because he's not the one that I got in the fight with in the first it's place. Not I got in fight with my neighbor or my cousin or the guy across the street or someone who hit my car because it's road rage or whatever the heck it is. But typically, white people kill mostly white people. Asian people most frequently kill Asian people. Black people most frequently kill black people because they kill people that are in the closest proximity to themselves. So there really is no such thing as black-on-black -black crime or white-on-white -white crime. No. It's just crime. It's just murder. And I'm 47 years old, and yeah. just that, that is something that hit me today. I'm like, yeah, this, this, that, that made sense to me to a point to where I could, I could rationalize it and go, okay. Right. Now, affluent African-Americans are not mm. shooting affluent African-Americans very was, rarely. And I'm not talking oh about yeah. like celebrity things that happen when you and I were in our 20s when Biggie Smalls. And oh, yeah, so, sure. I, it, let's be honest. That right. was socially. That yeah. was pre-internet. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. OK, Absolutely. so I'm, I'm a huge <laughs> B-boy. I'm a huge hip hop fan. Mm. Have been forever. Right on. You right know on. what I mean? And so, and I'm a music aficionado. Oh, I, cool. I, I love music history and I know a lot about guys, you know, gotcha. I'm a big Eric Sermon fan. Yeah. Yeah. Ari yeah. the Rugged Man. And I'm a Brooklyn hip hop kid. Yeah. And so when that happened, I was like, here comes a brand new flavor in my ear. I'm sorry. What? said Eric Sermon in my head. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what happens? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, what? I don't, I don't understand it. You know, and I had been places where guns had been pulled on me and in situations where guns had been pulled on me. And it was it, it time slows down when that happens. Yeah. And it's like every you see every yeah. minute yep. thing that goes on. And then as soon as it's over, things go back to normal speed. But it, it's, you know, those are social things that happen that you can kind of, well, you know, but until it happens in, in a circle where you're at, like you said. It's like, wow. You want to hear some nuts? So here's here's some of this black stuff. So um, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I worked with a, a group. Uh, it was called VFI, Virginia Fugitive Investigations. Basically, it was like an officer of the court for the, mm -hmm. you know, not not, uh, not police, but officer of the court. Sure. So, like, we worked with the bondsmen, and every now and then a judge could tell you to go pick up this guy and he'd give you a, what they call a bail piece or, or a warrant to go to some other state, get this person, and bring him back to Bring, bring them back to the, where they were, the jurisdiction which they were returnable to in the state of Virginia. So, again, I, quali I, I was not a police officer. I was basically a bounty hunter for sure. a group. You are ordained um, on a per, per yeah. diem. And um, we, worked under, we, had a, we worked under federal authority. Taylor versus Tanner, 16 wall, 366 is the statute. I remember it like it's etched in my brain. But anyway, so this, this, was a, this was the job where you went to find folks that didn't want to be found, that didn't want to go to jail, and they know that if you got them, they were going back to jail. Some of these folks, it was par for the course, eh, you got me, let's go. Other folks were going to try to kill you. But here's the funny thing. I did that job for, uh, I want to say six, uh, my, my, I'm sure my family members are going to be listening to this, and they'll tell me if I'm wrong or not, but I want to say six or seven years I did that job, and within that period of time, I, you know, and of course there's some gunplay here and there, but I can promise you I've had more guns put in my face by police officers than I ever did 
some felon or some some criminal that I was going to pick up. I mean, I had guys with big, bad, horrible. And by the way, the, the guy that usually wants to kill you is not the. It's the some wiry little rapist. white dude in the it's corner. It's always yeah. the guy who's got his second DUI, and he's like, "I'm not going down for this." He's gonna, you know, yep. and this is back when they weren't given long periods of time in jail for DUIs. You know, you were gonna get two weeks in jail back then. You know, but um, th that's the guy that wanted to kill you. But uh, the guy who was actually you know had the murder charge and this and that, you know, nah, those guys weren't really the problem a lot of times but i had more and you said it and you reminded me of it immediately when you started talking about the way the time slows down and you notice every single i remember i was sitting in the back of a car coming back from suffolk virginia um with uh with a guy who, uh, named, named uh, pedro revelo we call him pete pete revelo he was uh, one of my partners in training and we were driving back from having worked on a case his wife was in the car she was sitting in the front seat uh, and he was driving the car. I was sitting in the back seat and the cop pulled him over. He was about 10 or 15 over Puerto Rican guy. And, um, you know, we rolled down the windows and everything and I'm being totally cool. Cause I've been through this before. And, um, he said, and the cop pulls him over and everything. He looks at us and everything. And he says, Oh, you know why I stopped you? Yeah. I was speeding a little bit. He goes, okay. He goes, um, he goes, you guys got any weapons in the car? So I'm like real slowly. I put my hands up like this. I said, I said, officer, I'm carrying a firearm. And I, I'm speaking slowly and deliberately. I said, officer, I'm carrying a firearm. And I turned my head, the motion where it is. Before I can finish my sentence, this guy had, uh, pulls a Smith & Wesson uh, uh, 40 cal, or as you were, uh, yeah, a Smith & Wesson 10 millimeter, puts it in my face, like just is so close that I could barely see the, uh, so I, I literally leaned backwards a little bit so I could actually see the rest. And all I could see was it was like something off the cartoons. It's like the barrel was bigger than my head all of a sudden yep. because it was gigantic. I see that. And then I hear this cop, going, don't you fucking move. And he's doing all of this stuff and all this screaming and everything. And, you know, so I'm going like this and he yanks me out of the car and he puts his foot on my neck and he uh, yanks my pistol. And here's the craziness. I had three pistols on me. I never got a chance to even explain that or anything else. So he yanks my pistol and he throws the cuffs on me and this whole thing he slams me up against the car and all of this stuff. And um, in the process of him doing that, as he's snatching me around, my badge falls out. Bing, 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 bing. Falls out on the ground. He snatches up my badge and he goes, he goes, is this you? Said, yeah, it sure is. I said, he goes, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> kind of didn't have a chance to because you were snatching me out of the car, slamming me around, slamming your foot on my neck and all that kind of stuff. That's why. And, um, and, and that, that's not even, I mean, and that's that nothing. That fear is so unfounded. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's not treat it's not treat people how how you want to be treated. And and here Pete Ravello is what we call um um Pete Ravello we we used to call him coconut cuz uh he's he's very white looking. You know, he he's he's Puerto Rican, but he's right. very white looking. So he was and here's the thing. Pete Ravello right then that moment was sitting in the front seat with a 12 gauge chrome Mossberg. It was chrome. <laughs> so Pete's fine. But the black guy in the back seat, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, oh man. Um, I could go on and on about that. We went pretty deep. Yeah. I understand you have a show coming. Let's talk. Let's switch gears yeah. a little bit. You have a show, right? <laughs> yeah, man. 
Yeah, man. And uh, and this was fun though, because uh, and you know, so much stuff to cover. But yeah, um, so we're gonna be doing uh, we're gonna be doing like a like a web kind of a thing on Facebook and probably. Uh, are you doing gonna, a Facebook Live deal? Or are you doing? We're gonna it through do. The, the TV we're gonna studio? do. Uh, we're gonna do Facebook Live, and we're gonna go with. Uh, we're gonna be doing some stuff in the studio, and we're gonna alternate to kind of tweak and figure out what exactly is gonna be best for us. But I know we're gonna do some Facebook Live. We've done some of that before. Uh, I've done some of that with Full Throttle. And uh, with uh, Everywhere Eddie. Yeah. Um, so we've done some of that. But uh, what we're going to be doing, it's going to be myself and a guy named uh, Big City, uh, Sugar Bear, uh, Big Sug. Uh, but we're going to be doing some stuff, uh, basically kind of like you and I did. Uh, but uh, except for they'll be able to see how really, really, really attractive I am. <laughs> Because I'm really good looking, <laughs> really, really, really good looking. I, I have a face. Did I mention for radio. I was good looking? I told you that, right? <laughs> I have a face for radio. Right on. <laughs> but you know, uh, but um, we're really excited about it because a lot of um, a lot of the the biker shows, if you will, um, wouldn't dare talk about some of the stuff that you and I just spoke about. Now, um, there's there's a lot of very real things. I mean, you know, there's, I'm not beating up on anybody else's show. It's perfectly okay. But there's, uh, there's a lot of things that are going on in the community that don't ever get discussed on, on some of the other We're programs. We're at a fantastic time. There's lots of opportunities yeah. for, you know, it's like I try to tell people about the podcast thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, this is a good medium. I enjoy it. Uh, it. It allows us to have these kinds of conversations, you know, and yeah, um, it, I think we're, you know, getting coming full circle. Uh, we're in, I think we're in an exciting time with lots of dynamic change and there's lots Definitely. of opportunity for people that maybe didn't feel like they had a voice to step up and and do some things and have some things and be some things and be be places. And uh, are you going to be? Are you so? You're. Are you going to be on like a rotating kind of venue, or is there somewhere where we can find you on a regular basis? Um, I'm gonna get. Um, man, son, that's a great question. I don't know what our. Uh, I don't know what our stuff is yet because we're still arguing about the name. And um, but I know it's gonna be like right now. You can find me if you go to um, like on Facebook. Uh, my name on Facebook is uh, Bone O F F O. Okay. Like a like B O N E and then like Oscar Foxtrot Foxtrot Oscar. Uh, if you want to look you know, on Facebook and then um I've got an Instagram which is um, Big Bone O F F O. Okay. Other thing because I'm Big Bone one percenter so you know it's that yeah, whole yeah. thing. But um but uh but I know that um uh, Fran Hash who by the way Fran hi. <laughs> Fran, Fran Hosh has been um, fantastic. You know, she's championed everything that we've done. We've been down here for 10 years now. And, you know, we met her like everybody else does when you're yeah. in this business. You know, they reach out to you and say, hey, you know, this is who we are. But I will tell you something. Yeah. Uh, I had mentioned earlier, um, one of my partners here was killed back in November, on uh, November 2nd. Of course, you know, we called Fran. Fran handled it for the family, got everything taken care of. So, I, you know, due to laws and regulations and things like that, she, she, I would love to have her on here, but unfortunately she cannot be on here to discuss this, but I can. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you that, you know, investing nine years into our friendship, her championing our cause, involving us in everything that she's done, always making sure that everybody was taken care of. And then when we needed her, yeah. she was there. So I would tell you, you know, if you're, if, if you're, if you live in Florida, She's part of the, she's a member of the Florida bar. Uh, it's 1-800-LAW-FRAN. Um, you know, she's easy to find law offices of Fran Hosh in Palm Harbor. Yeah. She's awesome. 
and she's a, I mean she's a she's really a, a wonderful wonderful friend of mine and you know the gals that work for her are great and her husband also I mean he and I speak on a on an almost daily basis regarding all the new things we have going on and they're you know they're so active in the community and I, and I I had to laugh and you know you go to the events and right now with the way things are and half the people that would normally be at a bike night are there and the other half aren't and you have this cast of characters that yeah that she brings out a great yeah. group of people that just i mean everybody's awesome out there i'll tell you and this is the thing so all right so uh, along and by the way fran knows that i love her a whole lot and um whether she knows or not and like her husband knows that like she's my secret girlfriend in my head and mm-hmm. stuff but um but seriously uh, uh, by the way Rhett, uh Rhett, her husband brett fantastic guy i love this guy very squared away he's actually an integral part of the machine making sure and, and their their machine is to help people that it means it's not like so i say the machine like it, it's not a bad thing it's a very very good thing i i'm going i can go back to oh lord uh, back in uh, i want to say 2008 um i was a president of this motorcycle club at the time and i wanted to put together a big old party because i was real good at it. i used to have lots of events and parties and like that and um it just got really really good uh so i realized i had a vehicle by which to help people and I was like, in order to do a really great job and to raise a lot of money for some folks that needed it, I needed someone to help. Sure. To help out. I was I had never talked to Fran or Rhett a day before in my life. I gave them a call and they said, yeah, we know who you are and we know what you're doing. Good gracious, what can we do to help? Yep. And when I tell you that we had the most successful series of events I mean, it, it was, uh, and in fact, the, the venue that we did this, they've not had uh, an event that that successful before or since. Now, here's the funny part of it. The funny part of it was the event, I needed a, a really large area, and uh, I knew a bunch of strip club people, so I went to a place called Oz in Clearwater because <laughs> it was gigantic. Yeah, right. So we had a huge, huge event there. It was crazy successful. Fran wouldn't go because it was yeah, a strip club. Reasons. You know, we can't have her there because then she'll make all the strippers look bad because she's right, gorgeous. Yeah. But, um, but it was, it was just a really, and, and so our relationship started like that and, um, they've been great ever since, man. So, uh, so I love those guys. Yeah. They, you know, the community loves them. And uh, there's an eight foot banner over my showroom, uh, over my counter oh, from right Fran. On. And so I, and I have, I've got a couple of injury attorneys that have approached me in the last couple of years and they all like, oh, you're on team Fran. And I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. I don't change teams. Yeah. So. Exactly. Well, see, the thing is, is I'm, I'm, so there's this um, this one um, this one biker from way back when. Uh, he's been around. He used to write uh, in, uh, articles and stuff. And um, he told me this thing long, long time ago. He said, take care of the community. The community will take, take care, care of you. you. And he believed that. My mother, when the event that I was referring to a little earlier, <laughs> I was like, who do I help out with this whole, you know, like, like, we need to help. Who's the benefactor, folks. right? Yeah, who's going to benefit from this thing? Yeah. And uh, my mother said, you know what? Because uh, I said, hey, maybe the American Cancer Society or something like that. My mother said, you know what? She goes, babe, you know, that, she goes, that's a big old thing. And, you know, those folks are going to do what they do, and that's okay. She goes, but wouldn't it be better to help somebody that you're going to run into at the grocery store or, or your neighbor or somebody in your community? I agree. And I was like, wow. I'm like, this, and, and my mother, she was so incredibly eloquent the way that she, I, I'm not doing her justice by explaining what she said, but long story short, it was a profound moment to hear my mother tell me something in such a fashion that, that this, 
this uh this old school grizzly biker and he's like take care of the community community take care of you that's how it works right and that's how he used to talk but my mother again very eloquent and i got and that's been my motto ever since um you know my guys now that's what we do we, we say it all the time take care of the community community takes care of you and um well, oh, hey, before we wrap up, I just got to say a lot of real cool stuff. So, one, Fran, love you. Rhett, you're funny looking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, to the Mac family, that means, like, uh, let's see, there's Kim, Alita, uh, Derek, Julia, um, well, Leia, Liberty, and, um, oh, and the Willises, uh, uh, Janae, Chanel, Wanda, love all of y'all, Dagon, Shay, you're great. Uh, Dagon, uh, wait, who am I missing? Okay, well, all right. Well, if I forgot you, then I'm just kidding. Hey, Blue Ice, <laughs> you're the best. All right. That's it. I'm finished. It's just the shout so we can out. find you on Instagram at Big Bone O-F-F-O, right? Well, Instagram is, uh, yeah, uh, Big underscore Bone underscore O-F-F-O. I don't know why they do that, but that's like an Instagram thing. And then uh, with uh, Dagon, um, uh, what is Facebook? Is, uh, uh, bone O-F-F-O is how it is on there. Well, I appreciate you coming on doing this. I know it's a long drive. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, you had a good time. Yeah, um, man, this I cool. really like to do this again with you. Yeah, we should. And we so, got it. Yeah, I, I really, I, I, you know, I feel like we've gotten, we've just started to, to kind of peel away the layers of the onion and yeah, try to get yeah. you back to having discourse and having disagreement playful disagreements but yeah. but substantive conversation to where we're, we're listen man you have two choices you can be a faucet or a drain yeah and i really feel like you know we we hit it off well or and I you appreciate could be it. an embarrassment or an ambassador yeah there you go yeah, you can be an embarrassment or an all right. ambassador all right i had to throw that out there right on <laughs> all right man i appreciate you thank you much right on brother this is great You have been listening to the Hell on Wheels podcast with your host, Jason Coleman. Thank you for listening.